This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Friday, I'm in love. Oh, it is Friday, and I am in love with a lot of folks. Mainly, of course, my beautiful wife, Danielle, will celebrate 30 years together June 25th. But a lot of folks at 6.05 on this drizzly Friday morning in New York City after a record-breaking day here at WABC yesterday. Not just for me and this show in the morning where we hit uh, the big, big numbers, but John Katsimatidis and the rest of the day. And with that said, sitting to my left for the second time in three days, fresh off his record-breaking 5 p.m. show yesterday, the owner, the boss, my dear friend, the great John Katsimatidis. Good Friday morning, John. First, I'm your friend. Forget about all the other stuff. That's true. And and I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to find out how Rayo's was last night and (laughs) what a good time you had because... You only slept three hours. Three hours. Does that mean I have to carry the show, Sid? Yes. Are you oh ready? Oh, my God. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Uh, it was a great time at Rayo's last night, and uh, your name came up quite a bit because this was a power table, of course, if you folks don't know this, and you should, the great Bo Deedle on this program, 740 every Tuesday, and a dear friend of mine for the better part of three decades. He's got that same table at Rayo's on Thursday nights right outside the kitchen for like 40 years now. And uh, at that table, he's had everybody from Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, politicians, you name it. He's had them all. And last night was no different. Here's the table last night, John. Me and Danielle, for starters. Then uh, William DeMeo, who is the writer, producer, director, and star of the television show Gravesend, which both me and Bo Deedle yeah, are make in. Make sure you tell us the names in case we know, nobody knows the names. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know? This way you'll know who I'm talking about. You know about. what the true test is? What's that? When 100 people walk by on 3rd Avenue here, right. and you say to them the name, what percentage of the people know the name? That's a, that's, that's a good percent, point. He's nobody. He's nobody. Right. And you're right about that. But these are, you know, William and Christian DeMeo. They're, they're pretty famous people here in New York City. Then you have a guy at the table, uh, my wife's partner at the Hamro Law Firm, Abraham Hamro. He's an attorney. And Joseph Cohen, who's an attorney at Danielle's law firm in Great Neck, Long Island. Then here come the real famous Christian people. Christian Law Firm. Cohen and Cohen? No, it's not. It's actually Hamro Law Group. But I know Cohen and Cohen. Uh, John Luco. Do you know that name? No. Excuse me. I stand corrected. Peter Luco. Peter Luco actually worked for the Philadelphia Flyers in the NHL for many, many years. And uh, he's good friends with a guy named Hank Abate. Hank Abate built the Islanders Arena in Elmont, New York, and uh, is involved with building hockey arenas all over the country. So these two guys are knee-deep in the National Hockey League, Peter Luco and John Abate, and sitting in between me, 
Peter Luco and Bo Deedle, a very, very dear friend of mine for many, many years. Not just, not just maybe the most successful stock guy in New York, maybe ever, but also the owner of the best team in the National Hockey League right now, the Florida Panthers, and that is our mutual friend, Vinny Viola. Nice guy. I hear. Great guy. Great guy. And, and I'll tell you, that's the same table that I got invited to by Bo uh, and... Eric Adams came and sat next to me before he was mayor, and that picture made worldwide news. It did. It did. I remember that. Because he wasn't even invited that night. He he just came, right? Well, I don't know. You know, I was with Todd Shapiro, and uh, we went to uh, an event, and then he wanted to go to uh, Brooklyn. And that night, it was raining, raining, raining. And he says, let's go to Brooklyn. Uh, Eric Adams is having something. I said, Todd. In this rain, in this traffic, we'll never make it to Brooklyn. I'm hungry. Let's go eat. Bo, Bo Dino invited us. Let's go eat. So we make a left. Instead of making a right for Brooklyn, we make a left. And we, we show up 10, 15 minutes later uh, in, uh, at Rayo's. And we, and we sit down. And somehow, I think Eric Adams wanted to meet me at that time. Uh, and he finds out I'm at Rayo's or... or, or uh, uh, Bo told them I was at Rayo's. And guess what? 10, 15 minutes later, who's sitting on my right? Eric Adams. Eric Adams. And now you guys are uh, good buddies. Wish I could say the same. Well, I can't. You're going to be. You're, you're going to be. I don't know, John. He, the I don't truth know. is, I don't know. he is trying to do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had another 12 year old kid last night yeah. uh, killed. Uh, get killed. killed. I right. mean, that, that is horrible. Mm. That is horrible. I mean, a 12-year-old kid with everything to live for in Brooklyn, and another bullet kill, kills him. And, you know, Frank Morano at 3 o'clock in the morning was talking about this assemblywoman that was having a hunger strike uh, because she doesn't want bail reform to be changed. Well, tell her to drop dead. Yeah. Tell her, Frank Morano, tell her to drop dead. She doesn't want bail reform to change, and she's having a hunger strike. You know, people are being thrown in front of trains. People are, the, are being shot, and it's people in her neighborhood yeah. that are hurting the most. These kids, you know, 29 or 30 kids have been killed so far this year in the inner-setting neighborhoods. And she talks about uh, black and blue and, and brown babies or uh, kids. Those are the ones getting killed. Uh, there's no it's doubt. It's not the kids on Park Avenue uh, or Fifth Avenue. It's the ones in Harlem, and, and she's guilty of not protecting the kids in Harlem. Well, I got news for you. Until these uh, numbers start to change in New York, Eric Adams is guilty, too. Fact is, he's the coach of the football. He's no, the coach no, of the team. The guilty parties are the guys in, in the state assembly. Uh, I, I got it. And the I, state I got uh, it. But, senate. But, but, uh, last uh, night. But until Eric Adams comes out, John, and is a little more aggressive in his approach, he's a very aggressive, tough guy when it comes to nonsense, until he comes out and starts to blast Carl Heasty and Andrew Stewart Cousins and uh, Kathy Hochul, he says nothing. They slam the door on his face. He walked away with the tail stuck between his legs, well, and he says nothing. Right now is the budget, and it's going to happen next three days. You know how they got that, that, that uh, law passed in the first place? How? They hit it. In between the lines on the budget, so nobody's guilty of voting for it. Well, I'm hoping they'll hide it again 
so nobody's gu- guilty of not voting. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's the way. So let's wait another three days. Okay. And uh, next week, I hope you and Bernie can talk about it because I'm going to be sleeping at this time. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. So while I was having this great dinner at Rayo's with all these uh, very, very big people, again, from Bo Dito to Vinnie Viola to Hank Abate to my beautiful wife, Danielle, to William DeMeo, you were having a, uh, a big-time dinner as well with some very big-time people I, over by Lincoln Center. Yes, at the Jazz Club. It was uh, 100 black men, and uh, we left this office. Uh, uh, we left the studio about 6 o'clock. Uh, it was uh, me. Who's we? Who left? Who, who won? Uh, well, me, uh, Judge Weinberg, and nice. uh, Governor Patterson. Oh, wow. And it was, we needed Judge Weinberg because we have two blind guys, <laughs> me and Governor Patterson. <laughs> Well, I think uh, Lydia and Margot sang the song Two Blind Mice, or, or Lydia or, or Margot and Mary uh, Sliwa or Mary Patterson. She's both. And, and, She's both. Well, I am hoping. I am hoping. I, ha- I was at the doctor's yesterday. I got a clearance. My blood tests are all good because you got to get clearance for the surgery I'm going to have on Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. And, you know, I have blood in my right eye. And the blood is there. I think it's from that booster shot. Yeah, said. yeah. And uh, they're going to vacuum out the blood that's in that right eye and seal the broken vessel. And hopefully I'll be able to see you again. Well, I hope so. And now, could you go home that day? Do you have to stay they in the hospital? They say it's a two-hour procedure. Oh, good, good. And then I'll be able to go home. And I'll be, the, I'll be in the studio by my, for my 5 o'clock show. Oh, I know you will. I know you will. You know, I miss a show? No, you can't you do that. Talking never, about? never missed a show. Never, never missed a never. show. So we had a, a there was um, a lot of people there. There was a lot of people from the, uh, a lot of organizations supporting the kids of the inner city. Good. Uh, I, John Casamantini's, uh, and uh, my foundation gave a hundred thousand dollar contribution uh, for scholarships. For the inner city kids. That's beautiful. And me and uh, uh, the president of the organization, he's going to be on my five o'clock show, I think, and uh, uh, Governor Patterson. Look, we got to help the kids in the inner city. And you know what I said to some people uh, yesterday? Look, let's help our kids from the inner city. Let's, they, guys, you know, before we worry about South America and Africa, and look, those people need help too. But how about let's help our people first? Well, that's let's what help our That's what made Donald Trump great. I mean, whether you like him or not, he he spoke about America first all the time, and this administration doesn't feel that way. I, I mean, I I feel bad for Central America kids and everything, but I think I I want to take care of the kids in Harlem where I grew up. I want to take care of our kids in Bedford Stuyvesant. I want to take care of New York City kids, our inner city kids before I worry about the kids in the rest of the world, because we're fools if we think we can take care of the whole world. Of course. And even uh, there are folks that have said uh, Ukraine. I mean, we, we watch these videos every day of innocent women and, and men and children being butchered we in the streets collecting by money. Putin. We are collecting money for the Ukraine for food on our website, wabcradio.com, the donation uh, page. 100%, no expenses. We don't take anything out. 100 cents. If you gave $100, all $100 goes, you know where it's going to go? We worked a deal out with Goya Foods, Robert Yunane, uh the uh, CEO, and they have an operation in Spain. They give us food, wholesale prices, 
uh, to be delivered to the refugees of the, of the Ukraine. So no, no expense for our charity, uh, buying it wholesale from Goya Foods. That gave that gives the maximum amount of money to those refugees, uh, and that's beautiful. But my point was going no to be no middlemen. Yeah, no, it's great. But the point was going to be that people are like, well, that's great, and, and uh, you know, raising money for the Ukraine, and and you know, we had dinner last night, and Vinny Biola started off the dinner with a toast to the people of the Ukraine. But again, with what's going on here in the United States with the inflation issues and supply oh, chain issues, that, and and the crimes in these big cities, there are people who have said, I've had enough of Ukraine, Russia. Thirty-seven days. The United States of America is under attack. And some of the people that are tiptoeing through the tulips don't realize it. Yeah. They don't realize it. You know, our justice system is under attack. Our education system is under attack. Our borders are under attack. Our American kids and everybody with fentanyl and and marijuana, is they're feeding us. 100,000 Americans died last year. Because the marijuana was laced with fentanyl. Yep. No, oh, I know. Uh, one of the big stories yesterday, too, was uh, Biden talking about the release of uh, barrels of oil. This is something, of course, that you know very, very well, John, not just involved in the supermarket business, Christidis, D'Agostino's, all those great stores, and owning WABC. But oil is your business, too. Turns out now Biden is going to release about a million barrels a day. Lou, this is uh, Joe Biden number one. I want to play this, and uh, anybody knows the oil business, it's John Katz and Matidis. Let's play Joe Biden, have John talk about what the president said just yesterday. Once again, Lou, Joe Biden won. Today I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our, net, of our national reserve in our history. Again, Donald Trump, energy efficient enough to hit our reserves. Here's Joe Biden buying oil from everybody, whether it's Russia, Venezuela. He doesn't care. Now he's hitting Iran, the reserves. What does that mean? Iran, right. So what does that mean? A million barrels a day, John. What does well, that mean? America burns 21, uh, like 21 and a half million barrels a day. So a million is going to help a little bit. But, you know... Remember what uh, Secretary Gates said. I, Secretary Gates said, "I served eight presidents, every, and I, I've been around with Joe Biden for eight presidents. And every international decision Joe Biden has made in those years was wrong. It was wrong. Every one, every of, one them. of them. Right now, I'm going to tell you, those those hundred and eighty million barrels of reserves he wants to give is now creating a national security problem for the United States of America." God forbid something happens, and we need them. That's the purpose they're there. And, and, and he's, he's putting a bandage on. Now, why doesn't he turn on and allow us to, to, to drill? Under uh, President Trump, uh, we, were, we were delivering 13 and, million, 13 and a half million barrels a day to the daily consumption. When he started shooting things down on production— we're down to 11, 11 and a half. Mm. So, and, and uh, last night on my show, uh, Cats at Night at 5 o'clock, we had Senator uh, uh, Sullivan from Alaska. We have a 2 million barrel a day uh, pipeline coming down from, from Alaska. And on, they're only allowing us to put 400,000 barrels a day in. <laughs> okay? At the height, Alaska was giving the 48 states. Ready? 
2.2 million barrels a day. Why are we giving $110 a barrel to, to Russia or, or the subsidiary of Russia, Venezuela, or uh, OPEC countries? We're making them zillionaires well, again? Answer your own question. Why? I mean, Why? Well, something. What was the old expression we used to use? Something is rotten in Denmark. Yes, well, it's rotten here. It's rotten here, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, some information, uh, I wonder if we can get her on the phone this morning, uh, the reporter from the Post. Uh, she gave Miranda? Some, Miranda. My friend Miranda Devine. Well, well maybe. I'll text uh, her right the, now. Text her right now, see yeah. if she's available. Uh, she had a great, uh, uh, she had some revelations yesterday uh, of some admissions uh, on Hunter Biden is about to be indicted. indicted. Yes, yes. In, where is it, Delaware? Well, well, she actually broke the story originally back in 2020. That story is two years old now. And she broke that story a month before the election when Joe Biden beat Donald Trump. But the Democrats buried it. They said it was all Russian disinformation. They didn't take, they didn't, they discounted the whole story. Then Biden wins. Now, two years later, the Washington Post the New York Times, CNN, all these liberal outlets, now they've admitted that it was all true. But but they're leaving out the most important part, which is somebody called the big guy got paid along the way, and the big guy is not Hunter Biden or Uncle Jim Biden. It's the president, Joe Biden. Well, everybody's saying why every, every decision Joe Biden is making makes um, the American people poorer because we're paying more for gasoline, more for food, more for everything, makes the American people poorer and makes the Europeans richer, Russia richer, uh, uh, OPEC richer, China richer. And why, why did Russia have the courage to go into Afghanistan or into uh, uh, Ukraine? Ukraine? You yeah. know why? Because Trump wasn't there. They saw what a, <laughs> what a bunch of schmucks we were of course. in Afghanistan. Right. We gave, you know, Putin's sitting there. He says, well, you jerks gave $85 billion worth of equipment to, to, to China in Afghanistan. Right. You gave them, you know how many minerals, all the minerals to make batteries and everything are in Afghanistan. We gave them all to China. He says, well, why, why shouldn't I have Ukraine? And if Biden is going to be such a... What did Jews call it? Shlomiel? Or Shlomazel? <laughs> Putz. Is it uh, Shlomiel or Shlomazel? Uh, he's a compromised president because at the end of the day... Whether, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, whether he's and getting paid I, or I not, his son it. is. I say, I hate to say it, it's a possibility, and no, I would, no, it's I would a, hope it's, it's, it's not a true. probability, not a possibility, well, a probability. More, you know... You know what happened to Roger Stone? They came in and took him. Yes. And, and they put him into this solitary confinement. Yep. And they didn't say it was a Democratic uh, uh, politicians that arranged it. They didn't say there was Democratic uh, a judge that put him into solitary confinement. The man was never in trouble in his life. Never. He never owned a gun in his life. He never, he never, and, and, they, and they came in at 530 in the morning with CNN. Oh, I know. And they locked them away. You would have thought never they were, to be heard of. You, you thought they were going to Pablo Escobar. They had more firepower at Roger Stone's house in Fort Lauderdale. And they, they had <laughs> helicopters. They That's had stupid. Uh, they had uh, the Coast Guard. I Twenty nine FBI guys with oh, bulletproof vests. It was like a Navy SEAL guns. operation going to get Osama but, bin Laden. <laughs> see, it wasn't the FBI that did that. No, the FBI didn't want to do that. No, somebody ordered that hit. Oh yeah, and you know they're not. They're not going around saying. The Democrats, uh, Democratic politicians or Democrats in charge ordered that hit. But 
this morning on the news. Uh, this morning, I heard Deborah Valentine. Yesterday was a big decision where where uh, uh, the the um, what do you call it? The uh, uh, the thing changed. The the um, the the, the um, decision on the was made by a state court judge. Right. That uh, that uh, the borders for the congressional elections, the assembly, and was wrong. Redistricting. It, it was. It was. Yeah. The well, gerrymandering, the, the redistricting. The gerrymandering. Right. That's right. right. Seven, six right. o'clock in the morning. I'm not used to this. <laughs> you see? You are. See? Yeah, I know. And I want to know from Deborah Valentine who asked her to say it was a Republican judge that overturned it. Why are we saying a Republican judge? It's a judge. Right. Shouldn't matter. You don't say right. Democratic judge. Uh, uh, put Roger Stone into the Well, the, the uh, reason why, though, is design. because the, the, the gerrymandering, the redistricting, that is a Democrat deal. That People like Max Rose, for example, he's going to need that if he's going to beat Nicole Maliotakis. So the Democrats are the ones doing that because otherwise they can't win these elections. Even people now like Lee Zeldin are worried. That's why you could make the distinction between a Democrat and a Republican. But I'm sure that wasn't in the press release. No, I'm sure it was And wasn't. we talked no. about it yeah. at 5 o'clock yesterday right. in the studio. Right. The breaking news happened about a quarter to 5. We had an exclusive, John Faso and Ed Cox, who ran the operation to, to, to make the difference. Now, we had um, uh, Governor Patterson here, uh, you know, who was uh, the head of the Democratic Party in New York. And w- you know what may happen? The... The, the Supreme Court justice that overturned it, yeah. and now it goes to either appeals court, yeah, or yeah. I, I don't know the technicalities, yeah. which I had Judge Weinberg here, but they can overturn his decision. Yes, they can. And it's and that's it. Yeah. Well, that's we'll, it. We'll see you what happens. Take, you know, this kind of situation, you can't take it to the Supreme Court. No, that I know. Miranda Devine will join us coming up at 645. Made that happen for you very, very quickly. So we'll talk to Miranda Devine, the great New York Post columnist, coming up at 645. John Solomon coming up at 740. The naughty gossip columnist, Rob Shooter, coming up at 840. Lydia Reports coming up at 825. We'll play Beat Sid coming up at 940. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The one-two punch of John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg on this Friday morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here on a Friday morning. That was a great opening segment off to a fiery start. It was long, though, so this segment will have to be very, very short. You've got John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg with you today. I think Bernie will be back on Monday after a record-breaking day here at WABC yesterday. Congratulations to every show across the board, from us to John Katsimatidis to uh, to the whole station. We're doing some uh, very, very big things here at ABC, evidenced by the, the power folks that I had dinner with last night with at Rayo's uh, with Bo Deedle. Every one of them listens to WABC, and a lot of those guys did not listen to WABC not that long ago. So it seems like wherever I go these days, John, whether it was living in Manhattan, now in Queens, uh, going to different restaurants and different places, everybody's like, 
WABC's the best, and that is since you and Margot took oh, over. I have people that say I can't stop listening. Yeah, because every show is good. Yeah, and they go twenty four hours. Yeah, they keep they keep the radio on. They keep Alexa on. They keep uh, uh, their iPhone on, and um, we have some great shows. And it's going to get even better. So last night after one hundred black men, we I ended up at Cipriani's in uh, New York and no, the Netherlands. Did you really? Yes. You are funny. And uh, <laughs> which one? Had, the one? I had Mark Simone. Oh, uh, Mark was there. Is this Mark the one down by by uh, Wall Street? No, the one by Sherry Netherland. Oh, okay. Yes. On Fifty Ninth yes. Street. Yes. And uh, Larry Cudlow and his wife Judith were supposed to be there, but he wasn't feeling good, and he was sneezing, and he wanted he stay, ended up staying home. Uh oh. My friend uh, Jim Jacobs was there. Jim Jacobs, uh, he ran NetJets, eight hundred jets. He ran NetJets. He ran it. Wait, wasn't well, it? Me uh, and him started it. No, no. Who me started it? Me and him started you it. You started NetJets? Yes. We, we called it United Jet Fleet at that time. And uh, we sold it to Santuli in 1988. Then he stayed with Santuli. And then they sold it to Buffett. Buffett. In 1996 or something like that. And Jesse Itzler owned it for a while, too. and won it for a while. Maybe Who's that was that? Jesse Itzler. Maybe that I was long know. after you. Not doing our term. You started NetJets? Yes. I didn't even know that. And we had 48. Corporate jets, we sold, we sold it to Santuli. And the good news was, I used to fly a lot of them. I know, you used to fly See, yourself. I had 2020 vision in those Yeah, yeah people don't realize. By the way, did I miss, were those NetJet planes, Lou, that we used to fly with I miss? I think he did. He actually used to lease his planes from NetJets for a while. But you are an accomplished pilot. You flew these planes. Yes, I had 4,000 hours when I quit. Wow. When my daughter got born, I quit. I'm glad you did quit. Yeah. I don't, you know. Whether it's, I sit in the back now. Good. Thurman Munson. John Kennedy Jr., I see all these impressive, amazing men. Uh, thank God John Travolta well, hasn't, but it makes me nervous. John Kennedy. Yeah. There's a different situation. Why? You know, he only had 30 hours. He had no business flying that airplane by himself. By and the way, he wasn't by himself. He actually killed his wife and his killed, sister-in-law. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it was a bad night nice weather. Wife, don't forget, his wife was late to come to the airport. That's right. And he ended up taking off, and he went goes into twilight. And when you go into twilight, and you're not an experienced pilot, and you don't have an instrument rating, when he went over uh, to Martha's Vineyard, you can't tell the, the sky from the ocean. You can't tell. You can't tell. And being an inexperienced pilot, when he thought he was... Pulling back on the airplane going up, he was pu- he was actually pushing down oh. and went straight into the ocean. Oh, my God. And that uh, 737 that went down in China yeah. uh, last week, that's a strange thing because it was flying. It was a 30, 737-800, and it was flying along, and all of a sudden it's going straight down. Hmm. And um, so you're saying something was uh, there was some something is, something wrong there. Wait, wait, wait. Right. How do we say it? something's rotten in Denmark? Right now, there we go. We, that, that's going to be the uh, the theme of today's show with John and, and TGIF. That's God is Friday. <laughs> that's right. All right, folks, we got a lot more to do. Again, Miranda Devine will join us coming up next. New York Post columnist. She originally broke the Hunter Biden story two years ago, and is one of five people that wrote a blurb for my book with John Katzmatidis and Bernie McGurk wrote the uh, forward. So Miranda will join us coming up next segment. But first, 
Traffic and sports come your way. It's the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Every Saturday night, starting at 6, Music Radio 77 WABC, another genius idea to you, John, presents Cousin Brucey's Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party. Cousin Brucey, today's Clip of the Day. Let me just give you a quick, uh, a, a little bit of a town hall, a mini town hall. First of all, I'm so happy to be back in the studio. Thank you, John. You painted it so nice for me personally. Thank you, John and Margo. And uh, cousins, we have four hours to spend together. Now, you know my rules, right? This is green. This is a playground. This is the time for us to say, oh, enough, right? Just relax a little bit. We'll take your phone calls. I have your music. And I'm telling you, nothing mean tonight. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. It is crunch time, folks. The NBA, most teams down to just five or six games. And what a battle going on right now at the bottom of the playoff chart for the Eastern Conference. The Brooklyn Nets lost a heartbreaker last night. Lost by one, 120 to 119 to the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. Another big night for Giannis, who became the Bucks' all-time leading scorer going past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, over 14,000 points. The net loss drops them to 40-36 and 36 with six games to go. They're tied right now with both the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. Again, NBA playoffs now just about a week-plus away. Here was Steve Nash after last night's nail-biting Brooklyn loss. You know, on the one hand, we, we made a ton of mistakes and clean up a lot of stuff. On the other hand... You know, we're a brand new group, really, playing against the champs. Um, and uh, we haven't had many common experiences together. So trying to put that together in short order is our challenge. NHL last night, the Devils took it on the chin, blown out by the Boston Bruins 8-1. to The Islanders get a win, though. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a final score of 5-2. to And the world will set their eyes on New Orleans coming up tomorrow. The two big college basketball games, your first one, Comes your way just after 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Kansas right now, a four and a half point favorite over Villanova. The late game about 9 o'clock tomorrow night, Duke and North Carolina. Right now, Duke is a four-point favorite. The championship game comes your way on Monday night. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Find them at peerlessboilers.com and paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The very talented New York Post columnist Miranda Devine is coming up next. Sid and John right here, and I'm Sid with sports. Anthony's song, Moving Out, one of the greatest albums of all time, The Stranger. You'd agree with that, uh, Lewis, right? I would not. Really? Wait a second, wait a second. I'm joking. Okay. It's easy with Only the good die young, scenes from an Italian restaurant. What a great album. Talking about great, they don't come better than this lady. My contention, as well as Bernard, is she's the best 
columnist and writer of any newspaper across the country. We all agree the New York Post is the best newspaper, and Michael Goodwin does a very good job. But Miranda Devine is the best in the business, and now she's getting her deserved due. Now, finally, the New York Times, the Washington Post, liberal channels like CNN are giving Miranda credit for a story that she broke two years ago about Hunter Biden's laptops. She's still not getting all the credit yet because the big guy remains unnamed by some of these liberal sources. But the good news is she broke it. She's a champ. And she came out yesterday with more news on the Hunter Biden scandal. Here she is joining me and uh, my dear friend John Katsimatidis this morning, the great Miranda Devine. Good morning, Miranda. Good morning, Sid and John. Good to talk to you. And I you're love, get me in I trouble. love your accent. <laughs> he loves your uh, thank accent. You. Thank you. I yep. love yours. Oh, there you go. Yes, you're going to get me in trouble with my very good friend and colleague, Michael Goodwin, who is the master. No, listen, I, you know, you know what's funny? You know me very well, Miranda, and Goodwin was on this show two weeks ago, and I said, Mike, you're and great, you but Miranda... Jimmy was the best. Yes, I told Miranda, <laughs> I said, Miranda's better. <laughs> but I do love Michael, too. Hey, l- let's get to the, the story that uh, everyone's talking about, this Hunter Biden story before, and John will ask you about the news you broke yesterday but is there is there some sense miranda of um of uh happy now that finally after years and years of everybody calling it russian disinformation and discounting your story that even outlets like the new york times and washington post have come around do you have some sense of satisfaction the last couple of days yeah, I suppose satisfaction would be the right word. Um, you know, I'm actually very happy that, that this has happened finally. Um, but, I mean, it's very annoying, too, because uh, 18 months it's taken them to actually acknowledge the laptop is real. And, you know, the dam broke when the New York Times a couple of weeks ago buried in the 24th paragraph of the story, um, which was basically defending Hunter Biden or at least rehearsing his legal defence for this uh investigation that's into his tax affairs and so on, um, they mentioned that the laptop they had verified. So, you know, be thankful for small mercies. And now I I noticed NBC's jumped in, CBS, uh, Washington Post, CNN. So, you know, now we can officially say the left-wing media is on board. And the reason they're doing it is because they know that when the grand jury that's investigating Hunter Biden in Delaware comes back with its findings, they don't want their readers and their viewers to be blindsided and to accuse them of hiding information or lying to them. Uh, because the New York Post uh, readers and the Fox News viewers and your listeners, they have known what's been going on since October of 2020. Now, uh We've been talking about it for a, a while now, uh, and I've been talking about it on the 5 o'clock show in Sydney, that yeah. every move President Biden has made has made the American people poorer, you know, with the, go, the prices of oil going up, the prices of gasoline at the corner, a gas station going up, the prices in supermarkets going up. And it's made the Russians richer. It's made OPEC richer. It's made uh, uh, all of our enemies richer, China richer. China. And, in everybody, and I've been saying it. I've seen I've been very nice to the president of the United States of America and saying, but you're, you're Australian, so you don't have to be nice. Uh, <laughs> and I've been saying, well, why 
why is he doing these things? Why is he not expanding, uh, allowing the America to drill oil, and we're paying $110 a barrel to, to the Russia and $110 a barrel to OPEC? We're making the Arabs zillionaires again. And in my gut feeling, I knew uh, we had an old expression in America, something is rotten in Denmark. Now, is, it, is, is the revelation starting to come through that uh, 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 Biden's son is the one making deals between at that level? Could you imagine dealing at that level between China and Russia? And he's on his machine, on his computer, he said, I'm paying my dad's bills. I'm, I'm sharing the money. Tell, tell the American people, and, you know, the usual way I say it, I say it very slow because I want everybody to understand the truth. Yes, look, I, I mean, it's incredible that, as you say, these high-level deals that Hunter was involved in um, when he was a crackhead. <laughs> you know, it's not like he was some international, uh, you know, high-ranking businessman. This was a guy who could barely function in his day-to-day life. So... Uh, and, and, you know, one of the deals was with this energy company, CEFC. Now, it never came to fruition because the Trump administration came in and one of Hunter's business partners was arrested at JFK and the whole thing fell apart. But at its peak, this company, CEFC, is not just a Chinese energy company. It was the capitalist um, on President Xi Jinping's uh, Belt and Road Initiative, which is their imperialist push to overtake America as the world's economic superpower. And Hunter Biden and Jim Biden were involved in that. And uh, they received millions of dollars from CEFC. And that was for work they did while Joe Biden was vice president and their business partners. And the last deal that fell over was where CEFC, this Chinese company, was going to buy a big chunk of the Russia state-owned energy company called Rosneft. And Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, who's a bumbling fool, uh, the the president's brother, uh, and Hunter Biden, the crackhead, were right in there. They knew that this deal was happening. They were talking about this deal. I mean, Hunter never did any actual work, but what he did was bandy around his father's name, uh, you know, get his father to meet his business partners uh, when they came to Washington, they might go and have breakfast with Joe Biden at, at the Naval Observatory, the vice president's residence. Um, on one occasion, uh, Joe Biden flew uh, Hunter Biden into Beijing when he was meeting with President Xi and the other high-ranking CCP members. And uh, Joe Biden shook the hand of one of, you know, one of uh, Hunter's business partners. Um, he met Mexicans and Kazakhstanis. He had dinner with Ukrainians and Russians in Washington, D.C. on behalf of Hunter. You know, Joe Biden knew that Hunter was leveraging his name and his power uh, in areas of the world that he as vice president was in charge of. And that was he was monetizing it for millions of dollars and... Hunter complained to his family on several occasions, uh, one memorable occasion to his daughter, that you're lucky you don't have to give half your salary to, to pop to that's right. Joe Biden. That's right. And, 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 and yeah. I think that's, that's the key part of the story here, Miranda, is, you know, I don't care about Hunter Biden. I mean, God bless him. He, he's got issues. Exactly. He's a drug addict. He, women, all this yeah. stuff. 
But the story that you told and his business partner, Tony Bablinski, who spent two nights with Tucker Carlson on Fox News detailing the time that he met with Joe Biden, with Joe Biden, talking specifically about where the money was going. Look, to John's point, there's no question this president is compromised. He's got a son and maybe it's him, too. It's very sad. It's yeah. very, very sad. Making money from Ukraine. We know the, the mayor of Moscow, his wife gave Hunter Biden $3 million and uh, China. So we know the president is already compromised. The big question, though, is the big guy, as labeled in your column, Miranda, and on Tucker's show, Joe Biden, will he eventually fall for this or will he skate? Because right now, people like John Harwood at CNN are saying there is zero evidence that Joe Biden was involved. That's just not true. Well, exactly. And they're all of them singing from the same song sheet as if, uh, you know, someone in the Democrats has gone and called their media allies and said, this is, you know, this is the line. This is the way it goes. Hunter Biden, yes, he's in trouble. He did bad things, but you have to feel sorry for him because he was an addict. Joe Biden knew nothing about it, and he is just a loving father. Well, you know, there is evidence on the laptop, not just on the laptop, but as you said, from Tony Bobulinski, who came out and gave a press conference in October of 2020 um, before the election. And he was ignored, just like our story was ignored and treated as if it was Russian disinformation. There was ample evidence. You didn't have to have the laptop. You had the Johnson Grassley report with all the money trail, not all, but some of the money trail. And so media could have reported that there was something fishy going on in the Biden family, but they didn't. And, you know, Joe Biden has gotten away with this his entire career. Talk about influence peddling. He has been getting money from donors in Delaware for 40 years. And it just so happens that he became vice president. President Obama gave him, uh, you know, carriage of China, of Ukraine, of uh, those parts of the world that his family was monetizing. So he internationalized that family business, which was influence peddling, and they made a lot of money. Well, Spiro Agnew only accepted $10,000, but that was Maryland. Delaware knows how to do it even better. That's good. That's very good. And, 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 <laughs> and the, 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 the sad thing is, you know, we, we had a debate in our uh, studio uh, the other night. Uh, how many fathers would back up their sons? And almost all of us said 99.5% of fathers back up yeah. their sons. And uh, uh, most of them 100%. But this is, we're talking about the United States of America. We're not talking about a stupid business deal. Because well, the, the, I, what, the, what, what, what Joe Biden is doing is affecting the country. It's affecting the country's security. And we're being laughed at by, by uh, China. We're being laughed at by Russia. We're, laugh, we're laughing stocks. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's not just a father looking after his son and, and protecting his son, which is completely understandable. No, that is the... That is sort of the cover that Joe Biden uses. But he used his son, Hunter Biden, as the bag man. And Hunter Biden wanted to be an author or a painter. And instead, he had to go straight into these uh, overpaid salaried jobs um, that, you know, from companies that were his father's donors. And then he was expected to pay bills for the family, to pay his brother's tuition, his own college tuition, uh, you know, and, and... there's evidence that he was paying for maintenance on his father's um, Delaware mansion, that he was paying one of his phone bills. 
So, you know, you're not supporting your son if you're doing that. Um, you're not supporting your son who's a drug addict if you are um, encouraging him, allowing him, uh, enabling him to be making a million dollars a year of funny money. I mean, free money from Ukraine, from this uh, energy company, Burisma, for doing nothing. Right. So uh, I don't think that helps. No, it doesn't. No. Have all this unaccountable cash. Agreed. Uh, is your book still selling in, in a big way, that bestseller you just wrote? What a great job that was. It is indeed. And uh, we can thank the New York Times because, uh, the, you know, they've just given it a whole new lease of life. <laughs> That's right. Well, there's a new audience out there who had no idea that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. That's great. That is great. I must tell you, by the way, that uh, your book, bestseller, and you're, you're brilliant, but uh, you wrote a blurb for my book, and John Katsimatidis actually wrote uh, the foreword. And a couple of weeks ago, Miranda, when you tweeted out about my book, I sold a ton of books that day. So. Oh. Yes, I love you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this morning. You're always terrific, Miranda, and uh, keep talking because, uh, and I mean this sincerely, you are the best writer we've got in this country. So keep it up and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much. See you Uh, later. Take care, Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist, and there it is. Uh, uh, Really, the answer to your question is what you don't want to know, which is the president is compromised. Well, I hate to say it, at seven forty-five. We have John Solomon on, and John Solomon uh, is one smart guy, too, uh, and uh, he's going to talk about—he interviewed uh, Trump. President Trump, yep. and President Trump made some revelations on some of the discussions with uh, President Putin, and stay tuned to 745. Don't turn off your phone, or your, your, your radio, yeah. because you're going to hear some new stuff uh, from— uh, John Solomon. That was a great interview, too. So that'll be great stuff. John Solomon with us. John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg, as John said, coming your way in about 45 minutes. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. A great hour number one. Still to come next hour. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And as John just talked about, the aforementioned John Solomon. All right here on Bernie and Sid with John Katsimatidis. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Louis Rafino, Gin Blossoms, 705 on your Friday morning. Welcome back to hour number two of the number one Nielsen-rated show in New York City, the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie out all week. He'll be back uh, hopefully on Monday. But I hope so. I hope so, too. Just getting up at 4 in the morning to, to see you, Sid. Easy. I don't know. Uh, not easy. Not easy. But you've done a great job, John. You were here with me on Wednesday. We had a great, great show. And one hour today so far, a great, great show. We ha- so. at least have a little bit of fun. A lot of fun. Yep. A lot of yep. fun. So we, uh, we have a couple of great guests coming up, including John Solomon coming up at 745 this hour. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. But I do want to talk to you about Disney. So... Uh, I lived, as you know, John, in Boca Raton, Florida for 16 years. I went over this yesterday. And uh, Danielle made sure that we had the season pass. When you're a resident in Florida, you pay very little to go to Disney. We, you get, uh, you know, deals on hotels, Every, the theme Everybody parks. else gets ripped off. Yes, yes. You all get ripped off, but not us. So we go all the time, and I hated it. Uh, but my kids loved it. So when Ava smiled, when Gabriel smiled, it made it all worth it for me. Uh, did you spend a lot of time with uh, AJ and, and Junior at uh, Disney? They, they, my kids loved it, and we used to love to walk down Main Street and uh, look at the castle 
and then at night the the fireworks above the yeah. castle. Yeah. It, it's a feel good moment. You, you feel good. You're an American. And uh, I remember. See, I'm older than you, Sid. I remember when uh, Khrushchev came to America. You know what he wanted to do? Go to Disney. Go to Disney. Wow. And uh, Roy Disney or Walt Disney did a phenomenal job of making uh, people feel good. And uh, some of the things in Disney World uh, that were at the 64 World's Fair got oh, transferred Queens. to Disney. In yes. Queens. It got transferred to Disney. Yes. Uh, like the uh, GE Pavilion, uh, the uh, a lot of the things. And in, in AT&T Pavilion, where you see the future mm. telephones, uh, the future cars, the General Motors Pavilion, the... Uh, and it was the the 64 World's Fair. I was uh, 14 years old, 15 years old. It opened up your mind. Mm. That's why when I was running for mayor in 2013, I, I said, let's do the 2015 World Expo. I, this you, you need permission to do a World's Fair, but you don't need anybody's permission to do a World Expo. Really? Yes. So this is, you know, maybe we should talk to Eric Adams. And say, no, he won't talk to me, John. Let's <laughs> let's have a world expo. I like let's that. get the twenty largest companies in New York to create pavilions uh, for um, uh, their their vision of the future. Mm-hmm. Let's have uh, what, what is it now? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Let's have it uh, the the world expo of twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four. Yes. Bring back all the tourists back to New York. Let's get all the countries. To have a tourism of come visit uh, whatever Brazil, come visit uh, not Venezuela. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure Brazil. Venezuela is the top one of the top twenty countries in South America. I know, I know. I like that idea. You know what about happened with Venezuela? Kaput. I know. Uh, it's a good idea. But but getting back to Disney for a second. Yeah. Of course, this week they came out and uh, all the powers that be there said we're no longer going to say boys and girls. We're no longer going to say ladies and gentlemen. That is crazy. Crazy. That is right? crazy. And the woman in charge of that operation. Yeah, I can't stand her. <laughs> has a, what, a five year old and a four year old yeah, girl? She's and, disgusting. And she says one of them is a transgender and the other one is a. Pan. Pan. Pan gender. Right. Well, I don't know what the heck that means. Either the but one. But let me tell you what, what, what they, they should be done. The U.S. Attorney of Florida should pick her up, indict her for doing that, that kind of stuff to a four year old and a five year old. You know, that's a child four, abuse. A four, that's child abuse. Yes. A four-year-old and a five-year-old have no clue. Right. They listen to their mommies. Of course. I mean, course. they listen to their mothers, and she's turning them into transgenders or, or pangenders, and that is that is should be against the law. Enough is enough, and we ha- and Disney has her in charge. Disney has her in charge. What? What, kind and, of, and, what is this and making, world coming and, to? And making policy decisions. What is this country coming to? That is wrong. And look, when somebody becomes 18 or that or 21, they want to be transgenders, let them decide on their own. But don't don't force your kids to have four- and five-year-old. Agreed. And that is part and of I'm, the issue. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not no, anti-whatever. I'm not I'm not yeah, I don't you care. Know, I pe- pe- let people do whatever they want to do. I don't care. But... When you're forcing a mother is forcing a four-year-old and a five-year-old or a six-year-old, 
that and these kids oh they look up to their mothers yeah. that's all they have well this is I, I, I cry I'm crying said no I know it's said it's part of the issue that went down with Governor Ron DeSantis with the don't say gay bill now for folks that don't follow this closely the word gay is never mentioned in that bill what Ron DeSantis is against and so am I and so are you obviously and the people that are tiptoeing through the tulips for the Democratic Party and I'm not against Democratic Party it used to be a great party I, they they are spinning it by saying uh, it's anti-gay. It's not, gay it's is not, not mentioned anywhere. Not once. Oh, oh, but you not can't once. be in the first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and teaching those kids sex. Not, not only first grade, it actually starts in kindergarten, even before the first grade. So thank God for somebody like Ron DeSantis who stands up and says, listen, it's not about gay or not gay. It's about talking sex in front of kindergarten kids, third grade kids. And now it's moved to Disney, where, again, no more boys, no more girls, no more ladies, no more gentlemen. And we can talk all we want, John, about common sense politicians. And she's got to be these found are Democrats. of abuse to her two little girls forcing them to do whatever they're doing. Well, yes. Well, that's this lady. But these are Democrats. These are not Republicans. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Every, yeah, every a lot one of, of them. Look, I know a lot of common sense Democrats that think it's abhorring. I know a lot of common sense Republicans, common sense independents. Who is this small piece of our population trying to change our country? Well, you do say a small piece of population. And yesterday on this show, I had Jesse Waters on. And a couple of nights ago on his show on Fox News, he talked about a poll. They polled Americans, John, and they said, uh, hey, uh, what percentage do you – these are thousands of Americans. What percentage do you think are gay in this country? And the amount of people they polled, they, they said 30 percent are gay. The truth is only 3 percent are gay. They said 25 percent are transgenders. The truth is less than 1 percent are transgenders. And so the point know, is we're making know, policies based on 3 percent of the population. I'll give you another fact, and we better check this out. I hear, I understand that 50% of transgenders and they end up committing suicide. That's true. Those, the numbers are very depressing and through the roof. And I feel badly for them. I really, really do. But that's not the point. The point but is you, you why, can't make, you can't why make are policy decisions. Country, why are we running our country? And, and we're going to put those people in, in the army? Yeah. And have yeah. them defend yeah. us yeah. against the Chinese? and not well, The that. Russians, I'm sure they can handle the Russians are even worse than us. They turned out to be pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yes. Very embarrassing for the yeah. Russians. Very embarrassing for Putin. But we're going to go against the Chinese. Well, you've got uh, Rachel Levine. She is um, the assistant HHS secretary. And she's involved in some of these decisions. She was a boy. Still looks like a boy. She can call herself Rachel all she wants. She's about the ugliest female I've ever seen. But here's Rachel Levine. Lou, this is cut... 14 talking about policies that support diversity, equity, and inclusion, including some of these awful policies we're seeing now at Disney World. Rachel Levine cut 14. How much do you see yourself in, in some ways, Admiral Levine, as a role model for, for trans kids, given that you are well, such a high-ranking official in the government? Well, thank you so much. It is such an honor to serve in this position. It's an honor to have been nominated and then confirmed uh, as the Assistant Secretary for Health and then truly an honor to have taken the uniform of the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps as a a four-star admiral. So I am truly privileged and I I am honored to serve as a role model for transgender individuals. But what I want to do is give back. um, uh, And the two ways that I can give back is one, to be very vocal 
people and advocate for the LGBTQI plus community, specifically transgender individuals, and to work on specific policies at HHS and throughout the administration that support um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can't make that up, right, John? No, you can't. Make it. It's just, you know, you, you can't have one half of 1% of the population uh, at that level and running our country Crazy. In, in, in that kind of way. Crazy. You want to hear Whoopi Goldberg yelling and screaming about uh, Will Smith yesterday? That story's not going away either. Uh, Chris the Rock. The most publicity the Oscars have had in 20 years, cumulative. Not only that, but Chris Rock does all these comedy shows, John. He was in Boston two nights ago, again last night. He is making more money at these shows than he's ever made. Actually, they threw out somebody last night at his show who was screaming F. Will Smith in the audience. So long story short, have you heard one person, one person yet, talk about the Will Smith, Chris Rock dust-up as an embarrassment for the black people? I no, it's no embarrassment. Of course they, not. They're having a lot of fun. You know, enough is enough. Right. You know? So Whoopi Goldberg on The View yesterday somehow or another managed to turn this into a racial situation. How do you do that? Two black guys. Listen, here's Whoopi Goldberg. I want to ask people why you think he would have indulged in a brawl on a stage in front of three billion people. Why wouldn't he be the adult? I, I, I keep hearing that, and people keep saying people are going to, you know, think of black people the wrong way. Well, what? let me tell you, they should be looking at us saying, oh, okay, because yeah. he didn't indulge. He didn't. There's nothing wrong with what he did. So there's no reason for anybody to Is that have an any artificial, issue uh, with black people. You, know. you have an issue with Will Smith and what he did. Yeah. He doesn't represent every black person on the planet. Exactly. Stop doing that. And assume that the right thing was done because the man knows how to act in public. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris yeah. Rock. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you. How's that a black thing? Said, if that happened to, to Margot, I wouldn't have walked up there slapping. No. I would have ro- walked up there slugging. <laughs> well, you would have right. shot him. You know, a good old slug. <laughs> right, right. No, no, it, it was very nice that Will Smith defended his wife. But again, here is a situation where it came down to two black guys, not a white guy and a black guy. And One guy freaked out, right, and she Crazy. makes it racial. She Crazy. makes it racial. Crazy. Come on, what's going on, John? They're trying to change our culture. And I like the, uh, the America me and you grew up on. And the hell with them. And people that pay attention to those people, you know, that's you're not as smart as you should be. Well, let me ask you this. You are a one of the great American—I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because you're my boss, and, and me and Danielle love you, okay? You're a great American success story. If you got a call today—and maybe you have already, I don't know—from uh, the staff at The View, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and these folks want to interview you and Margot— on the view, would you go? Would you do it? Absolutely. I don't believe in canceling culture. I'd go on there, but I'd tell them the way I feel. What would you say to Whoopi? Would I say to Whoopi? Yeah. Enough is enough, Whoopi. Would, would you really say that? Absolutely. You Why would. not? You, uh, that'd be great. Enjoy Behar, the same thing. You'd say enough is enough. Enough is enough. You're, you're tiptoeing through the tulips. You're, you're trying to create an America that nobody wants. Let's make this happen. Can the view please call John Katsimatidis? I'm sick and tired of them bringing on guests they, uh, guests they suck up to all day long. Let John come on as a real American, as the voice of the American people. Well, I, I, me and you would go on. Oh, no, no you, you don't want Oh, my there. God. <laughs>
because I'm not nearly as mature as you are, and you will sit up there and say all the right things and be fine. I will get thrown out for yelling at Joy Behar. I know I will. You would be thrown out in the first five (laughs) seconds. Me, they'll wait at least 10 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Eventually, we're both going to be thrown out. That's right. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Sid, the other thing we discussed, and we're going to talk with uh, John Solomon, too. Yep. yep. I, I think, look, I've always said the FBI, the CIA, our federal agencies are the best. Um, uh, they have the best Americans. They love America, all those agencies. For the most part. For the they, most part. 99%, 99.5%. Right. I want to remind you about the Jim political, Comey. <laughs> well, the political appointees. Yes. I have a problem with You do. And what I think, uh, with all this stuff going on, it's obvious there's something rotten in Denmark. Yeah. Or there's something rotten in D.C. Yes, there is. And I think the, the head of the uh, FBI, uh, Mr. Ray, W-R-A-Y, I think it is? Yes. I think he should stand up and say, oh, look, I'm the head of the FBI, uh, and these things are going to be investigated, and, and we're going to find out the truth because all the American people want to know. I don't care if they're Democrats. I don't care if they're Republicans. All the American people want to know that they want the truth. Chris Ray's not going to give you the truth, my friend. Well, I'm sorry. He, he's corrupt. He's like he, Jim Comey. I hope not. Yes, he is. Well, he's the head of the FBI right now. John, it's his responsibility to take charge. John, they have a laptop. And Rudy Giuliani's one of your best I know. friends. I they know that. lost the laptop. You don't lose you know, a laptop. You know, you know what Trump's mistake was? What? You know, the, the Washington was a swamp. He picked two uh, Department of Justice heads that were not loyal to him. Who are they? Sessions. That's true. Jeff Sessions and out of Alabama. Barr. And who? Oh, William Barr. William Barr, right. I believe. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, was more loyal to the Bushes. Yeah. Sessions, uh, they must have had pictures of uh, with well, him or something. Well, by the way, every... Because the next day, yeah, he, the he... next day after he's sworn in, yeah. he uh, he uh, tells uh, the president, uh, I'm going to recuse myself. Now, Eric Holder, who was Obama's uh, uh, chief uh, guy in yes. the Justice Department, yes. uh I mean, Eric Holder did amazing things for Obama. Oh, he went to war for him. I mean, he went to war for him. But, but everybody that I'd Trump... like to have Eric Holder for tr- right, a guy uh, like watching that. my back. Right. But, but, now, but Rudy Giuliani would have watched his back. He did. Rudy did. He was loyal. But Yeah, uh, but it should have made him attorney general. I agree. I agree with you. Because almost everybody that Trump hired and got rid of stabbed Trump in the back. All yes, of them. All absolutely. of them. Right? Every one of them. The, the Washington Swamp. Kelly... Both sides, uh, <laughs> Both sides didn't want him. Right. True. Well, they're going to get him back in 2024, and John Solomon's going to tell us that coming up at 740. We've got Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up next, and then the aforementioned John Solomon, our number two of Bernie and Sid on this Friday with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, it will be interesting to see if the Disney Corporation suffers economically by alienating tens of millions of parents who believe their five- to eight-year-olds should not be discussing gender fluidity in school. I am simply amazed that Disney executives are using that enormous corporation to advance a far-left vision of education. 
Ever since television was invented, Disney has programmed for children and gained the trust of Americans by doing so. The fairy tales are brilliantly animated, and wholesome entertainment brought in billions of dollars every year to Disney. But now it's all about woke, a trend, by the way, that is on the skids as folks see how narrow-minded and callous wokeism really is. The embarrassment of ordering Disney employees not to say the words boys and girls is apparently lost on Disney executives. Really, what the L.A.-based company is doing is insane, self-destructive, and bad for children, and not just traditional kids. My prediction is the marketplace will punish Disney, but I could be wrong. Maybe the public is numb to assaults on the culture. There are so many of them. But hammering little kids with adult themes is not woke. It's stupid and irresponsible. And Dopey the Dwarf, remember him, would concur with my opinion. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Welcome to April, folks. I love the month of April. I was just having a discussion off the air with John about our families. Both of us are blessed with two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. He's got John Jr. and uh, AJ, and I've got Ava and Gabriel. Month of April, my daughter Ava, on April 7th, will turn 18. Oh, my God. My daughter is uh, April 17th. Is that right? Yes, April 17th. See, I always say the Aries people are the smartest, because my birthday is April 19th. Wow. And I'll be 55. And my mother, who you love, Naomi, her birthday is April 19th. I was, my, I was my mother's birthday present 55 years ago. And I think my mother's birthday is in April, too. Is that right? Yeah. Now, what are you? You're not an Aries. I'm a virgin. A virgin. Virgo. Vir- oh, I think Danielle. Well, what date is that? September 7th. September. That's what Danielle is. September yeah. 27th. She's also a Virgo. That's what, there's a lot of similarities between you and I there. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable is right. So April is an exciting month. Plus, plus. And you know what we do every, every September? What do we do? We have a, a big birthday party for all Virgos. Ray Kelly is always there. And, uh, no kidding. Uh, oh, yeah. We have, we have a birthday party for, for 500 people who are all Virgos. We used to do it in New York City. Last time we did it in the, in the uh, in, uh, Father Alex's church in in uh, Long Island, yep. and uh, it was a lot of fun. We broke 10,000 plates. <laughs> I love when you do that. And when was uh, Margot's birthday? Was that? Uh, December 2nd. December 2nd. My father died on Margot's birthday, December 2nd. He died on that day? Yes. Very wow. sad. Wow. Very sad. How long has your father gone? Oh, my God. I think it's at least 22 years. You said to me when I lost my father, and uh, you were great with that, by the way. That's when you and I became friends, uh, I didn't know you very well. My father passed away, and you were so sweet. And you said, Sid, make sure no matter where you are, your office, your house, you've got a picture of your father so you can talk to him. I want you to know that based on your recommendation, I talk to my father all the time. And it works. It helps. You still do that? Let me tell you, I still, 22 years later, I still talk to my father, and I still talk to my mother. And my mother died in 1977. Wow. She died of cancer at Sloan uh, Kettering. And I remember I used to paste those floors. I used to pace the floor. Oh. She died on 
April 4th. April 4th. And I used to pace the floors up and down at the hospital. And I said, that was 1977. thought, well, 45 years later, we don't have a cure-cure yet for cancer. And that's unbelievable, right? That's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, we needed somebody to put warp speed on cancer. Uh, you're right. You're right. What Donald Trump did with, uh, with the COVID. Hey, uh, we've got a special guest on the line. You mentioned earlier how the whole station does very, very well, and we do on the ratings. This guy really clobbers it. I mean, he's doing a fantastic job. And, of course, he's our overnight host, the other side of midnight Frank Morano and and Frankie's on the phone right now, John. Frank, where are you? Uh, I'm actually in Grover's Mill, New Jersey, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. Uh, good morning, John. Good morning, Sid. Morning. Thank you for those nice words. All true. I'm, I'm enjoying the uh, I'm enjoying the show very much. Thank uh, you. But now, you might have seen this reported uh, elsewhere, but uh, I'm actually at the scene of what we're about to describe. It's it's really interesting, and if people haven't yet heard about this. Reported elsewhere. Uh, let me give you a little bit of context. Now, I've been working on this for the last two and a half hours since I got off air this morning. Basically, at about 20 minutes before five central time, uh, we got word, and uh, this was widely reported at the time. Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory in Chicago reported observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. Now, apparently, according to them, and I don't even understand what this stuff means, but the spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and was moving towards the Earth with enormous velocity. Now, uh, we immediately reached out to Professor Pearson of the uh, observatory at Princeton, and he confirmed (laughs) Farrell's observation and described the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun. Now, John, you're a pilot. You've got an aviation background. You know it sounds a lot like a meteor. So uh, I went down and joined Professor Pearson at Princeton, and then there was the following wire that came just about an hour ago from Dr. Gray of the National History Museum in New York. Seismograph registered shock of almost earthquake intensity occurring within a radius of 20 miles of Princeton. Uh, Please investigate, signed Lloyd Gray, Chief of Astronomical Division. This just happened. Well, you're you're out there in New Jersey right now, Frank? Absolutely. So, what what are you finding? What did you find? All right, so we we're, we we just got here to Wilmoth Farm in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Professor Pearson and myself made the 11-mile trip from Princeton in about 10, 10 minutes, and I hardly know where to begin, and it's going to sound a little fantastic, but bear with me. Uh, to paint you a word picture of this strange scene that I'm seeing now, it's like something out of a modern Arabian Nights. I just got here. I haven't had a chance to look around yet, and all right, I guess this is it. So I get okay. So Are the state the troopers thing, there? Th- yes, they, they've set up a perimeter, and I guess there's this thing. Hang on, one. See, directly in front of me, half buried in this vast pit, in this this object which caused this seismographic occasion, it must have struck with terrific force. The ground is covered with the splinters of a tree. Oh, come on. It must have struck on its way down. What I can see of the what I can see of the object itself, it it does it actually doesn't look like a meteor at all, at least not the meteors I've seen. It looks more like a huge cylinder. It has a diameter of what, Professor Pearson, what would you say? 
30 yards, about 30 yards. The metal on is the around? sheath is, um, it's tough to tell, but the metal on the sheath is, I've never seen anything like it. Is this breaking news? Is this an Associated well, 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 Press yet? Well, well, is hold this on a, a Reuters? Is, uh, hold on. This is, so, this is breaking news. I don't know much about what you're talking about. I really don't. Is it, this is a true. So you're telling us that a, a meteor has actually made its way to well, Earth? I actually don't think it's a meteor, uh, Sid. It, it, what I'm seeing is metallic. So now, uh, if anybody is in the area, by the way, I would encourage them to stay away because now is traffic there seems building to be up? quite a traffic jam uh, building up all around the area of Grover Mills and the surrounding communities. But this color of this metal is sort of yellowish white. There's now a bunch of spectators now pressing close to the object. Now you have both local police and state troopers trying to keep people back. We tried to get as close as we could, uh, but it's been limited. Now, um, okay, the, the police are trying to get us to go back a little bit further. I don't know what to think, but apparently, according to Professor Pearson and the, the, the buzz over here, this metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. This oh, yellowish-white metal is not something that's found on this Earth. The the friction with the Earth's <laughs> atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. This thing is smooth, and and as so you even though it hit even though it hit with that force, it hit with it, that it, force. Yeah, it's still it in one piece. To, be sol- to answer your question, John, I'm now at a different vantage point. It appears to be cylindrical in shape. Uh, so this is this is quite a scene here. I don't want to panic anyone. Uh, I don't want to get anyone excited. But if you're in the area of Grover's Mill, uh, New Jersey, uh, I think you might be about to witness history. Uh, this is some scene over here. Is this similar to Roswell, you think? Uh, it, it certainly could be. And who knows? Maybe the government come tomorrow will be claiming this is a weather balloon as well. But I'm looking at this. And I'm going to text you a photo now, John. Um, there, this is yeah, no send us a balloon. photo. We're going to put it on this the WABC website. Object. Yeah, I, I'm going to send this to you. Uh, send this to you both right now. This is wild. This is wild. This, wow. is, this is wild. I, I, right, I, I, wow. I know nothing about this. All right. I don't know. Frank, enough. April sit, Fool. Sit. Happy April Fool's oh, Day. Oh, come on. Is that true? We even caught sense. I, I, I believe Today it. Today is 83 years ago. 83 years ago. Frank, <laughs> tell everybody about April Fool's uh, you know, 83 uh, years by ago. By the way, I feel like a complete jerk off. I believe the whole thing. And I, I don't even believe in this stuff. I'm like, what? I didn't, I mean, <laughs> that is a good selling hey, job right we, there, Frank. Look, we run a very serious program. But once in a while, you need a laugh. Well, you got me. Absolutely. You got absolutely. me. Frank, today, today's April Fool's Day. It's 80, I think, 83 years, 1939. What it, happened in 1939? Tell right, everybody. Well, it was actually, it was actually the me. day before Halloween, but, but everybody serious. remembers it on April Fool's. Orson Welles did his War of the Worlds broadcast where they claimed uh, that a flying saucer had crashed in Grover Mills, New Jersey, when, of course, Grover there actually Mills. is no Grover Mills, New Jersey. <laughs> I should have known uh, that. So, hey, I bet you Bernie would have remembered no, that he name. He would have known. He would have known. I, I did not. You had me completely sold because, first of all, I know you're a psycho. You believe in these types of nonsensical things. And I'm like, oh, my God. he got. I got to tell you, Frank, that was an amazing sell job. Amazing. Yo, you well, can find Frank you. Morano every uh, Monday both. through Thanks Friday. For being a sport. 
I will be. I'll see you at one a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thank you both, guys. Frank uh, happy has April Fool's Day. Frank runs the other side of midnight with all kinds of strange stories and all kinds of. Uh, and the other day, from one o'clock in the morning to five in the morning, if you can't sleep at night, tune in Frank Morano on the other side of midnight on WABCRadio.com worldwide. And uh, I thought me and Frank wanted to pull a fast one. You got on me. Him. No, you got and me. I think we got you. No, you got me. But we didn't hold it too long. Five minutes later, five yeah, minutes. But you're supposed to be my friend. <laughs> well, we run a very serious program. We run a very serious news news station. But you know what life is all about? You need a little bit of humor. No, you got me. A little bit that of humor. That was great. That was a good job. Both of you guys did a good job. I really was like, wow, what the hell's going it on? It actually happened in 1939. But yeah. like Frank said, everybody thought it was April April Fool's Day. But it was actually on Halloween yeah. when Orson Welles ran it. And people were panicking. Mm. They thought it was really happening, that we're being invaded by Mars. Well, I thought we, this was real just now. So that's a great job by the John Katsimatidis and Frank Morano, who's a must-listen Every overnight, uh, as John said, from one to six. He really is great. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Chain, chain, chain. Oh, good song. Lou Rafino. Look at Luke Lograno dancing behind the glass. Oh, we've had a great show so far. John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. They pulled a fast one on me. Him and Frank Morano, they got me. I see all these texts now. Happy oh. April Fool's. Yeah, you got me. That was a great job. Even though my texts are loaded with people saying April Fool's, I didn't see that during the actual bit. So that was very, very good. Miranda Devine joined us earlier as well. Now we've got another special guest on the phone. Started with The Hill, which at one point was uh, John's piece. Then went to no, Axios. No, uh, J- John Solomon started with The Hill. Right, John did, uh, but you, you owned a piece of that. Then he went to Axios, and now, of course, he's with Just the News. Dot com And we played a bunch of clips the last couple of days on this morning show of Donald Trump's interview with John at uh, Justin News. And it was great. So with that said, let's bring him back. John Solomon, John Sid Rosenberg and John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the big show. Great to be with you guys. Nice to have you, John. Let's... Now, the big item was John asked, uh, asked uh, Donald Trump or President Trump to uh, what 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 is Putin doing? And. And, uh, John, describe what happened. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, you know, he, he, he has long said that I warned that the Democratic policies would lead to these sort of dysfunctions in Europe. And that's why he was trying to get NATO to pay up and prepare for these moments. And, you know, he took credit for making NATO strong. I uh, even suggested that NATO might want to start taking responsibility for the Pacific and at one point in the um, interview with China. But he couldn't resist it, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. I think he had been watching TV for several days and seeing comparisons of Joe Biden to Winston Churchill and and uh, Ronald Reagan, and he, he wanted to remind people that the guy that's getting, I guess, a little bit of credit for finally catching up on a Russia strategy uh, had a son who had his hand in the oligarch cookie jar right. uh, the last time Russia and Ukraine were in a conflict. Uh, people forget this. The, the audacity of Hunter Biden— 
was that he was shaking down Ukraine and Russian oligarchs right in the middle of the last invasion of Russia when they took over Crimea in 2014. And so he goes out of his way to say, hey, you know what? I hope uh, um, uh, Vladimir Putin knows everything that goes on in this country. I hope he could tell us what was going on with uh, Hunter Biden trying to make $3.5 million for a company associated with him uh, from a Russian oligarch. And he he did it three times in a row. He, he clearly knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to get the mainstream media and force them to talk about Hunter Biden, and that he did. I mean, even Jimmy Kimmel and, and uh, Stephen Colbert and CNN, everybody's talking about that, and he knew what he was doing. He lured them right into a discussion about Hunter Biden, which is what his goal was. Well, and sometimes, and I'm a big Trump fan, and I hope he comes back. It was interesting you talked to him about uh, running for House, uh, maybe being the House uh, Speaker, and he said, no, 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 <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I want him to win in 2024. But oftentimes, as you know, John, he gets too aggressive about th- certain things, whether it's the yeah. election or January 6th. But in this case, he's right, because I can take you back to a 60 Minutes interview he did with Leslie Stahl uh, before the election when he said that uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are in bed with the Russians and the Ukrainians and the Chinese. And she was like, Mr. Trump, on 60 Minutes, we don't allow people to say stuff like that without any verification. And he said, Leslie, Leslie, it's true. Just like when they spotted my campaign, you said that wasn't true either. It's all true. So to Trump's, in his defense, he had to deal with this nonsense two-plus years ago. And as it turns out, John, as you know, it all turned out to be true. Well, we're going to have some fun later today or tomorrow. In the next 24 hours, we're going to put out some of the emails because what's happened since the Trump interview is that a lot of the media going around, CNN saying there's no evidence this $3.5 million payment occurred. There's no evidence Hunter Biden has anything to do with it. Well, we've, we've got some great emails that will show exactly how the solicitation occurred and what Hunter Biden and his business partners were saying about the Russian oligarch, the Ukrainian oligarchs. And we're going to put it up against a timeline so people can see the audacity of shaking down Russia and Ukraine in the middle of a global conflict. Because in 2014, we were just as worried about Ukraine as we are today. Now, the aggression by Russia is much more severe this time. But they took over and annexed a large part of Ukraine in 2014 on Joe Biden's watch. And Hunter Biden was more worried about scoring on those oligarchs. We're going to put all that out there so people can see it. Well, that is a wonderful. Look, you know, I've, I said before, I don't care if Democrats, Republicans, or whatever. We just, the American people just want the truth. You know, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, what do you see uh, uh, this going to? I mean, there, there's rumors around this grand jury uh, sitting for uh, Hunter Biden in yeah. Delaware. What's going to happen? What, what's your gut feeling? Well, you know, listen, you never know what a grand jury and prosecutors are going to be able to achieve. But right now, you see significant activity before a grand jury in Delaware that looks like the activity prosecutors do before they secure an indictment. It looks very much like what I was talking about late last summer before John Durham released the indictments of uh, Sussman, the Clinton lawyer, uh, and Danchenko, the the former uh, source, for the Steele dossier. So the activity mirrors that. Uh, We know many witnesses have gone through. I had and showed on my TV show last night a a grand jury subpoena that goes back to May 2019. This is really important to me personally because for most of the summer and fall of 2019 and all through 2020, Joe Biden and the Democrats were slamming me for my columns in the Hill. But the fact of the matter is why I was writing about Hunter Biden, the FBI, 
the IRS and the United States Justice Department were picking up on it and issuing grand jury subpoenas and securing the bank records of Hunter Biden on the very transactions I was writing about. We now have this document, and it shows that this investigation, which is at its last moments now heating up, began all the way back up two months after I started writing about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in the Hill newspaper. Well, that's a great I, I job. Hope, yeah. I hope our agents, uh, whether it's IRS or whether it's uh, FBI or whatever, I hope they're doing their jobs because they, a, a great majority of them, I say 99.9% of them are, are great Americans. They love America. And all that they want is the American people want the truth. And I hope the political people on top do not stop them from from doing their well, job. Of course they're stopping him. You got Chris Ray who lost the computer. He lost the computer. Well, they are. <laughs> Whether it's Jim Comey or John Brennan or Chris Ray, they're all no good. No, he, I don't think they lost the computer. No, they did. Oh, well, t- which computer are you talking about? Which computer? Hunter's laptop. They lost no, it. Yeah, let, think, me, let me weigh in on that one, guys, because it's not true. That. That, that that was no, of course, no, 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 no. Of course it's not true. The point is you can't yeah. trust Christopher Ray. You can't trust the FBI. To John's point, yes, most of them are good people. But for years now with Jim Comey and, and Brennan at the CIA, they've all turned out to be no good. And I'll tell you this, and I'll say the same to Miranda Devine. I don't care about Hunter Biden. You did great work, John Solomon. So did the New York Post. So did Miranda. I want one guy in this, and I want his father. And we know between Miranda's column, the work you did, and Tony Bablinski, that the big guy was mentioned two or three times. And the big guy is yeah. Joe Biden. We know that Hunter's a degenerate. Who cares? But then he could end up Harris as president? My God. I get it. But, but the <laughs> fact that Joe Biden is, is, is compromised because of his son and made money, that's the guy we want, John. We want the Hunter Biden stuff to lead us to the real criminal here, and that's his father. Look, wh- whoever is the guilty party should pay. Well, do you think eventually Joe Biden is going to pay? Let's listen to our guests and see what he has to say. Oh, do you think Joe Biden eventually is going to come down for this? Listen, that's the $64,000 question. No, 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 you're wrong. It's $64 trillion question. (laughs) You're right, because that's where our deficit is headed. Very good point. (laughs) Uh, Listen, at the end of the day, uh, the the question we all need to know, it's no longer in dispute that Joe Biden knew what his son was doing, right? He looked into that camera during the 2020 debates and said, my son did nothing wrong, and this is a smear job, and I knew nothing about it. We now know that's not true. That's been blown away. The president lied to us, but politicians lie all the time. I think the uh, underwhelming, the final question that looking at is, did Hunter Biden commingle some of these funds that he was making in these shakedown operations with foreign governments, and did it go to his father in some point? Peter Schweitzer has done some great work and traced money to accounts that look like they're joint accounts of, of uh, uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden or credit cards shared by them or utility And, and don't forget, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden also said, I'm sick and tired of giving my father money. Let's remember he that, did. too. Yes. Yeah, he wrote that in an email. And then we know that Bob Alinsky, the former business partner of Hunter Biden, said the reference to the big guy, the 10% of the China deal on the big guy, uh, that that was a reference to Joe Biden. Now, the fact that they were conceiving, it doesn't mean they ultimately gave 10% to Joe Biden. These are the questions that prosecutors have to answer. But I think at the end of the day, that's the most important question to the American public. The idea of Hunter Biden's corruption is irrefutable. His father's knowledge of it and sanctioning of it is clear. The final question is, well, did fo- Joe Biden follow the money? Let's, let, yeah. let's follow the that's money and see if the money actually went from Hunter to the president. You know, yeah. until we have proof following right. the money, and then we don't know for sure. We have hearsay. Yep, 
Yeah, we're not there yet. And I think that that's one of the questions that prosecutors and, and the Congress are going to have to answer. Yeah. No, 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 we're there. The, the, the problem is the media just uh, doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to accept it. We're there. We've had this information between you and Miranda for three years, and Joe Biden absolutely got paid. It's just a matter of whether or not we're going to – the media is going to allow it, and the FBI and all these corrupt people uh, allow this to get out there. And, and that is the truth. Joe Biden got paid. That's the bottom line. So now the question is, what does this mean, John Solomon, for Donald Trump? In 2024, the job that Biden has done already between inflation, supply chain issues, the border, racial problems in this country is making Trump's return easier. But how about this news on top of all of that? Yeah, listen, I think that was the most important part of my interview. I know the headline was the fun party did about Hunter Biden and Putin trying to get the media baited. But over the course of 30 minutes, he laid out the Trump 2.0 doctrine. And he talked about every aspect of how he'd go about unraveling Joe Biden's uh, agenda. He said, listen, we're going to get inflation down in the fastest way. You can talk about interest rates, all those things. You know what? You get energy prices down. It brings every aspect of the economy down. We can do it much quicker just by getting energy opened up here. I asked him, you know, how do you solve uh, the issues with uh, supply chain. And he said, listen, uh, getting people back to work, getting companies to have a certainty that we're not, they're not going to have wealth taxes and capital gains taxes, we get those things done. You'd be amazed how quickly regulatory certainty gets things done. A very substantive interview. I asked him about China because I said, listen, everyone's not focused on Russia, but China's watching. And he said, we cannot take our eye off of China. And he talked about this idea of a PATO, a Pacific Alliance Treaty Organization. He said, I actually think it might be a better idea to have NATO go do that because, you know, I got NATO refunded. Everybody's chipping in properly. Maybe NATO deals with China. Joe, uh, uh, Donald Trump has a policy emerging for 2024. Whether he's the candidate or he picks his hand-chosen candidate, he has a lot of policy ideas that he wants to get in front of the American people. And I think in the, the second half of the midterms this year, in the summer and fall, you're going to hear those policies, and then he's going to unleash them in 2023. He doesn't even have to run for those policies to be the policies of the Republican Party. There you have it. And, of course, he'll announce he's running in you know, 2023 because he cannot announce it legally before because of the uh, And the he's under rule. restrictions. Right, correct. Like any candidate, if you announce it too early, you're under restrictions that you That's don't right. have to be until later on. That's right. Well, listen, John, you've done great work with this uh, for years. And uh, Miranda talked this morning about being appreciative that finally other people are admitting that she had it right. Same thing with you, John. So there's got to be a level of satisfaction today. So congratulations to you. And Thanks, congratulations. Guys. Tell people about justthenews.com. Yeah, we love it. Justthenews.com. We have stories 24-7 reporting. I'm known for it, but just a lot of important breaking news. If you're looking for a news fix, just check us out anytime. Justthenews.com. Thank you, John. Uh, that's a Thanks, great way guys. to wrap up. You got it. Hour number two here on the Bernie and Sid on the Morning Show with John Katsimatidis. We will come back with a big hour number three on this Friday morning. Right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Rob Shooter coming up this hour. Lydia reports as well. John Katzenmatidis and Sid Rosenberg with you. Hour number three of this Friday edition of uh, Bernie and Sid. We've got a great show. John Solomon, Miranda Devine. And then um, John and Frank Morano pulled a fast one on me on this April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. The flying saucers are landing in New Jersey. I believed it. And I don't believe in that stuff, just so you know. I don't believe in ghosts. You believe in ghosts? No. I thought you did. I thought John. I I thought Frank told me you did. I don't believe in ghosts. You know, um, people, if if you smoke enough marijuana, you will see ghosts. (laughs) 
Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's true. But I thought for some reason you were into all that stuff. No. No. I, I, I study uh, the possibility of life out there. And, uh, well, you believe that, flying saucers and, and other planets. Well, I, uh, I know a little bit more than other people know. You do. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what an archbishop once told me. Okay. An archbishop once told me, I said, Yeah, Eminence, uh, what do you feel about uh, life on other planets? Mm-hmm. You know what he said? What? What makes you think that God would only leave his seeds on this planet? I, I've heard that before, yes. That, yes. Right? Yes. And uh, I, be, I believe there's life on other planets, and I believe... Uh, but do you believe now, life the, is the question. Uh, the Frank Morano had an interview uh, with a scientist uh, uh, about uh, two weeks ago, and he, and he played it on his Friday afternoon show, mm-hmm. so you get it on the podcast. And it says that Gene Roddenberry, who founded Star Trek, right. was good friends... By the way, a terrible show. Good Terrible. friends. Uh-huh. Well, it expands the mind. I, oh, please. It expands You're the not, mind. Don't, I, I, you wanted my opinion. Uh, I'm giving you my opinion. Bill Shatner's the worst actor ever, John. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm giving you my opinion. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't <laughs> care about uh, the individual actors. Yeah. I care about all the innovations that came out of Star Trek yeah. and renovations that came out of Star Trek. Look, the, the flip-top phone. That came from Star Trek. That came from Star Trek. Good point. Yeah. And if you look at uh, uh, Star Trek Enterprises, the the iPad was used 20 years before it was out in the marketplace. And uh, Star Trek Voyager, uh, uh, Commander Jane, what's her name? Captain Jane yeah. had an, an iPhone before anybody knew what an iPhone was. Okay. So the, the, the rumor was, and I won't... Uh, confirm or deny anything mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Gene Roddenberry had a friend whose father worked for Navy Intelligence, and you know Navy Intelligence handles all UFO matters. Okay, and that the fact is that uh, uh, that uh, that father that worked for Navy Intelligence, you know what, what the CIA does and intelligence agencies do? Yeah, they lie. No, oh, as they, when they they do lie. <laughs> I mean, the perfect thing is if you put one. A truth in between two lies or a lie in between two truths. That's their motto. Now, what they do is if something happens, they don't want people to be shocked. So they slowly feed information to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And this is a fact. No matter what it is, World War I, World War II, uh, UFOs, they slowly feed information to Hollywood. So if something did happen. If a flying saucer did land on the front lawn of the White House, mm-hmm. people won't be shocked, shocked. They'll hmm. say, oh, just like the movies. Right, right. No, but stuff like that, they do, they do feed uh, Hollywood on. Do you, here's where I'll start to believe that some of this stuff is true. When you open a Gristides on Mars, then we'll talk about uh, the possibility. Well, they wanted me to open a Gristini's in Beijing. <laughs> Is that true? When my daughter was married to Christopher Cox, President Nixon's uh, uh, grandson, uh, uh, they went and traveled on the 50th anniversary of uh, uh, the Nixon visit and opening up uh, uh, China with, with uh, uh, his wife. Um, Christopher and AJ went to China. And redid the entire trip. And they were on the front page of the China Daily every day. No kidding. Uh, every day. Well, what year was this? Oh, gee. About uh, the 50th anniversary, I think. Like, uh, probably 2011 or Does something. Does it say about 10 years ago? Right, yeah, right, about right. about 10 years ago. Right. 
Uh, and Christopher's a wonderful kid. And uh, Ed Cox is in our studio all the time, his father. Uh, oh, that's his Oh, the guy who runs the Republican that's, Party. He is the, he is the first, uh, the first uh, uh, son-in-law of the Nixon administration. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I love married, that, too. married to Tricia. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he's a very smart man, a yep. great lawyer. Yep. Uh, and a great... Uh, uh, and um, but uh, that trip to China was a wonderful trip, and um, they tried to convince you to open up a, a Gustides. Well, yeah, Beijing. they wanted us to open up. Let me tell you what's going on in China. Uh, they're they're going far and wide. They were going to Hong Kong because the there's the Chinese middle class. There's three hundred million of them. I know. There's a three hundred million Americans, but the China there's three hundred million just. Middle class Jeez. and above, and they want good food. They want good food, and they don't trust their own food in their own country. Hmm. And they used to go to Australia. They used to go to Hong Kong uh, to get foreign food. They used to go to uh, uh, even New Zealand. So what did they want us to do? They wanted us to open up Gristidi's, uh, New York food uh, in Beijing and guarantee that the food being sold there comes from the United States, and it's quality food. Why didn't you do it? You know, I was tired. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, do you want to schlep to Beijing? I don't even want to go to Bay Ridge. Well, that's <laughs> a sh- how, 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 how do you say it in the, in the Jewish neighborhoods? Schlep. Schlep, yes. I don't want to schlep that's to Beijing. That's even more than a schlep. That's like, that's a that's really a schlep and a half. You know, I used to say hoot and a holler, but yeah. this is a schlep and a half. Now, is, is, are there any, excuse my ignorance here, but are there any Gristidis outside the country? Not China, but anywhere else outside the country? We've been offered to do Gristidis. Don't forget, Gristidis is over 100 years old. There's uh, a million visitors uh, a month in New York used to be. Everybody in the whole world knows the Gristidis name. 100%. And uh, we also bought D'Agostino. And everybody in worldwide knows the D'Agostino name. It's great, two great names. And uh, I told my son and or my daughter, and uh, it's an opportunity if you want to create those names and sell food worldwide. Now, you know what Amazon did? What? Oh. They bought Whole Foods. Whole Foods as good food. And what they turned Whole Foods in is not necessarily a chain but they're able to market it worldwide yeah. as organic foods, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. And as a worldwide demand yes. for quality food. Yeah. So you want quality food, you can go to Whole Foods. Or if we begin with Gristini's or D'Agostino, you'll be able to buy quality foods worldwide. Yeah, but explain this to me. I have, uh, I shopped at Gristini's on 103rd and Broadway for all these years, for the last five years. And we loved it there. Um, and then I go to Whole Foods and I'll see the same chicken or I'll see the same steak in their meat department. And it's and I like Whole Foods. Don't get me wrong. And you're yeah. right. They they market it brilliantly as as organic and healthy. Why is that food more expensive? Is it not the same? The well, same? we sell both organic foods and regular foods. We're a supermarket. Don't forget, the supermarkets are supposed to uh, go to the to, to the masses. Right. Whole Foods was designed to go to only people that want organic foods. Right. And organic foods are 20 to 30% higher than regular foods. Why, because, though? Why? Because you, you, you have to make it without fertilizers, without chemicals, okay. without everything. Okay. Now, I am a firm believer in eating God's foods. If God created it, eat it. If, I hate to say it, I get in trouble, if... A national brand created it. 
You know what they worry about? How long he's going to last on the shelf, right? Right. So they put all kinds of chemicals in it? Yes, all kinds. How long is it going to last on the shelf? And yep. how good does it taste? That's it. So you remember, we were feeding our kids Frosted Flakes, double sugar, triple sugar. You know what that sugar was doing to kids? What? You know, all the, all the, all the, the problems with diabetes and everything? Wait, 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 you know, wait, wait, wait. diabetes wait, wait a is a man-made problem. I know that. But do you know what I eat here every morning because what? you guys supply it to me? Why? Frosted Flakes. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> okay? Eat something. Eat something. Uh, you know what I eat if I want to eat cereal? I eat the uh, Special K. Oh, so uh, boring. The no. Special K with cinnamon. Oh, uh, boring. Cinnamon is very good for you. I buy Lucky Charms at Christides. Well, see, you are the guy that that those companies that Kellogg's loves, that, that General Mills loves. They love me. With all those sugary products. But, I know. But sit. I love you. Yes, I you love you, too. You want to live to see grandchildren? I do, yes. Okay, get a healthier diet. Okay, now now these other companies, uh, for example, Fresh Direct, they, they drop off stuff. Or Amazon, you buy stuff online. How much have companies like that hurt they the hurt supermarkets? They hurt a great deal. They do. Let me tell you what happened to supermarkets in New York. We are fully unionized. Fully unionized. Every, every, every one of our employees are fully unionized. And uh, we're paying uh, Con Edison the highest... Electric bills in the country, really, especially in Manhattan, uh, we are paying the highest rents in the world. I was going to say they got to be brutal. They got to be so brutal. Between paying the highest rents in the world, fully unionized, the, uh, all the benefits, and uh, and uh, and you know what happens? We got to charge more, and that's what you know. You want to live in Manhattan, you have to pay more. Yeah, but these other companies, like for example, Fresh Direct, they don't they don't charge less than you. Well, they they have a warehouse someplace in. Timbuktu, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they have to deliver to Manhattan. Yes. You know what the problem is delivering to Manhattan? And they get tickets, but they have a deal with the city. You know what their deal with the city is? I'm curious. No matter if we get $10 million worth of tickets, we only pay a million dollars. Whatever, whatever the deal How do they get that? Is. Well, they made a deal with the city, and the same thing, FedEx made a deal with the city, uh, the same thing with UPS made a deal with the city. If I get $20 million worth of tickets... Just throw them away. No, because I've at seen... The, at the end of the year, I write a check for a million dollars. And that's and I, it. I, I'm just using estimated numbers. No, I hear you. Because Those I are see, just estimated I, numbers. I see trucks parked on the street. John, they've got like six they tickets. They don't give a... They don't care. They don't give a damn. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Now, the, the last thing I want to ask, because I'm fascinated by this whole business, and actually fascinated by this whole conversation. It's a great segment. I go to Gristini's, and I get my, my everyday like cereal, bread, the whole thing. And then I go to the meat department, which is very great at Christini's. But uh, I see, maybe I'm wrong, less and less supermarkets have fish departments. Can't get like a fresh piece of fish. Is that, why is that? Is, is it more expensive? Is it harder to? It, it, it's more uh, expensive. It's more perishable. It you is. You know, we all want fresh products. Right. We want super fresh products. And uh, uh, it's harder to get in, in the inner city. Uh, I know Gristini's runs it uh, in a lot of stores, and D'Agostino runs it in a lot of stores. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's more difficult than handling meat. It is. Yes. Much more difficult, Much right? more difficult. Now, do you eat fish a lot? Are you, are you allowed to on your diet? I eat fish mostly in restaurants, and but you, gotta, you know what you have to watch out for? Mercury. Mercury. I Don't know. forget, me you, and you Dr. Me Michalos, water. My, my buddy, Dr. Michalos, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, we were eating Chilean sea bass almost every day. And, and, and you know what happened? I, Dr. Michalos says, I just found out I have a 28 count 
on mercury from Seabass. And you better and you better you better go check it, John. And I checked it, and the normal uh, scale on Seabass is one to ten. What were you? And I was like nineteen. Oh my God! And I cut out fish for twelve weeks. Well, you also all fish. You also. I'm not going to mention the, yeah. the the name of the product, but you had some bad bottled water. Well, let's finish. And uh, within twelve weeks, I got a letter from the Department of Agriculture. These are the fish you should have. What were and they? And these are oh, there's a list. Our audience. All you have to do is go. Um, uh, go to Google and say, uh, "Give me a list of fish with excess mercury." How is my? S- I don't don't eat tuna. No tuna. Don't eat swordfish. Oh, I love swordfish. Don't, well, you're, you're gonna kill me, yourself John? between the sugar, the oh. frosted flakes, and the swordfish. Yes, you're gonna kill yourself. Sometimes I put frosted flakes on top of my swordfish. Oh my god! <laughs> my All son right. loves. And then, and well, then I was high in arsenic. I know. People oh, were joking. Arsenic. People right. were joking. Is Margo trying to kill you? <laughs> That is a specific national water. Uh, there was a motive. From overseas that's high in arsenic. I know. We're not going to say and it, And I though. used to drink 5,000 gallons oh. of that water. Oh, my God. Well, guess what? We did the research. I cut out that water. And now I'm on different waters. Uh, and uh, uh, my arsenic account went away. Thank God. And, um, but let me tell you something about blood tests. If you don't monitor your own blood test and do your own homework, Doctors are too busy to monitor you item by item. So you actually do your own blood test at home? No, no, no. I, oh, I got blood test every uh, 90 days, every three months. Yeah, that's not what I do. And I monitor every number. Right, every number. Every number. Cholesterol. Um, I mean, you, you name it. You, you, yeah. How's you know, cholesterol? I had a, a kidney you problem, so I, man, I monitor my creatinine. What, you my had creatin- kidney problem? Yes, 10 years ago. Okay. My creatinine was a little bit high last it, month. Creatine? Or whatever. It was like 1.5. Okay. And guess what? I cut out eggplant. And it's gone. It's gone. What it's is normal. That, what is that white fish that my son eats all the time? He loves it. It's his favorite. Come on. They, they, they Chilean fil- sea bass? No, or, no. Or, they, uh, they fillet it. Barada? No. Or, uh, no. What is it, Luke? It's not cod, is it? Not cod. It's, a very, it's like the most popular fish. Everybody orders it all the time in restaurants. It's a white fish, and my son loves it. A branzino. Branzino. That, good job, you Justin. Know, that, is that, that a good that fish? That word branzino didn't exist. What is it? Sounds like an Italian. It was another man. name, and it changed it to Bronzino because it was a sexy, sexier word. It is sexy. The, the, if you Google and find out the real name of Bronzino. Yeah. So these salesmen, these marketing guys, it's all marketing. <laughs> Genius. So these old guys said, oh, I'm going to go to all the Italian restaurants and say, this is Bronzino. Oh. <laughs> And you have to say it with an Italian accent. Yeah, you said it This is Branzino. That was good. It's healthy. Yeah. But it is healthy, right? Well, you have to look it up. I don't remember what it is on the list. Okay, Okay, there you go. But but everybody should should, uh, be aware. If you want to live to be 100, check on every item. Check on what you eat. Eat healthy. Eat what God made, not what national companies have made. Uh, And... um, you live to be longer. These, these are great suggestions. This is great. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, the one-two punch of John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg taking you through this Friday morning. Lydia Serrani, who's a major part of I'm, John's I'm, show. I'm waiting for, to hear what she has to say today. She's up next. Lydia, of course, a part of the uh, the Catch at Night show, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon, does a great job there. She's on with me and Bernie every weekday morning at 825. Lydia Serrani, Lydia Reports with John and Sid right after this. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. By the way, it was European sea bass. 
and then they made a sexy name calling it Bronzino. So that's what the original name was. It's European sea bass. That's what all the salesmen do. They come up with sexier names right. and, and change names. And, and, and Chilean sea bass, you should see what Chilean, the real name of Chilean sea bass is. It's a, it's a, if the waiter said to you, we have this, this, this fish, you would never eat it in 100 million years. But they said, oh, we have Chilean sea bass. Chilean sea bass. Yeah, we have, we have, bars. Yeah, we have, sea bars. We have yeah. Sounds good. And, and you got to do it in an Italian accent. You know, my That's... wife is cooking more fish these days because she wants me to eat healthy, and the children, of course, too. So one fish that my son loves, which I can't stand, John and Lydia, is salmon. I tell Sid, if it's good for him, he can't stand it. That's exactly true. <laughs> That's true. That's John 100%. is right. If it's good, like last night at Rayo's, I well, that's everything why that was so only, bad for you're you. You're 54 years old. You want to know something? The yes. truth? Yes. At 54 years old, I thought the same way. You did. Now I'm 70 years old. I want to live longer. I uh, don't blame you. But what age did it hit you? Were you like 60, 65 when you said, I got to stop doing all this stuff and just eat healthy? Because Lydia's a young girl, too. So how old were you when you came to the realization, I have to stop doing some of that stuff? I would stuff. say my high 60s. High 60s. Okay. Do you eat well, fish? I just had McDonald's yesterday. No, so did I. Lydia, there you go. <laughs> well, I don't know if you missed it. It was a big day yesterday, a big special national holiday. It was so important that President Biden even issued a national address on all of his social media accounts. Did you know what that day was? What was it? What? Transgender Day of Visibility. Oh, come on. And... I mean, think about this. Transgender people make up less than 1%, less than 1% of the American population. And a 50% population. suicide rate. Yes. And there is a, and so not only did they, he have this day, but that they also issued some guidance saying that it was okay and that there would be taxpayer dollars being used in order for children to undergo mutilation surgery, essentially, top ridiculous. surgery. Listen, yes. I don't care. Uh, I don't, I have no problem against gay people, against anything that people want to do. I have no problem. It's their choice. But yes. my problem with that, I was telling Sydney this morning before you woke up, that that problem with that executive in in uh, Disney World or Disneyland or that that has a four year old and five year old, and you have a five year old, yes, and she says to she says to the world, well, my my daughters are transgender and pam what was the other one pam gender pan gender yeah pan gender pan sexual means yeah. they don't have okay. a gender but yeah. does does a mother at the age of five have the right to do that to the two of her children i think well, that's uh, we child have abuse that we have that soundbite, Lou. You have that soundbite. It's the Dreamers one. That John, they're even outlawing the Disney theme parks from saying princes and princesses, ladies and gentlemen. That's all offensive. But that's child abuse. With this woman, that executive for Disney, that's doing She's that. She's a Disney diversity manager. She's a whack job. L listen to what she said. This is a secret phone Last call. People don't... We removed all of the um, gendered. Greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. Mm. We, we are in the process of changing over those, those recorded messages. And so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We say dreamers of all ages. 
You know, they're trying to change America, and there's no reason to change America. Look, I have zero against gays. I have zero against transgenders. When when Caitlyn Jenner uh, was in New York, I took her out to lunch. Yep. Or took him out to lunch, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, she, she likes got you. a job now at Fox News. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Caitlyn does. I, I, have no, I have no problem with these people. The problem I have is when a mother is trying to change a five-year-old into what she believes in, and 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 making her child into something that that child may not want to be. Right, that's child abuse. And and also the problem I have is when you start to uh, develop policy and uh, political policy based on three uh, percent of the population. And I got to ask you this, John: You own all these big supermarkets. When they come to you and say, "You better make sure, John Katzimatidis, you better make sure that you hire a black person and a woman and a transgender and a gay," that's not okay. Listen, Gristides and D'Agostino in our supermarkets, I would say we're eighty percent minorities, eighty percent minorities, and one hundred percent, one hundred percent unionized. Yes. So we're we're trying to do the right thing for all New Yorkers. I, I see that and, in your store. And yes. what I've said, our stores have been open up three hundred and sixty-five days a year, seven days a week, uh, fifty-two weeks a, a year. We never closed. We went through hailstorms, through through snowstorms, through hurricanes. We were always there to serve the public. COVID. We never closed. COVID. We never closed. Never closed. I never know. closed. I was there almost but every listen, day. Listen, this is President Biden. He's somebody's hijacking President Biden. I want you guys to listen to part of his speech of what he said yesterday and what he's specifically referring to. Lou, play that Biden soundbite. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. You hear that? Because he's referring yep. to that Florida bill, the don't say, they called it the don't say gay bill. They, they not once does it say don't say gay. They're simply banning schools from discussing sex with children ages five to eight. Again, my daughter, Julie, is five. She can't even wipe her butt properly. I know. I do the laundry. I see the skid marks. I mean, stop. Don't talk about <laughs> sex with my kid. No, we talked don't about talk. that this Can morning. Can teach agree. her that? No, we Can we agree. get some wet ones? That's my more. I'd rather have wet ones in the bathroom stall, some bidets, rather than them talking about sex with my kid. No, no we agree. Crazy. We agree. Uh, and Ron DeSantis is being taken to task every day, and uh, Disney's gone berserk. And, um, and well, Ron DeSantis in that law in Florida, let's get this straight. All it said is don't treat, teach kindergarten kids, first grade kids, second grade kids, third grade kids about sex. Right. And a, a group of people spun it out, spun yes. it out and says they're anti-gay. It had nothing to do with gay. None. There's not nothing. one word in that document that says gay. It says these kids are too young to learn about sex and move on. Agreed. And you're and, right. But the brainwashing my good friend is in Tennessee um, that lost the governorship, he was my good friend. I forget his name now. See, you lose, you forget the name. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of sight, out of mind. Uh, you know? Uh, and he was pushing teaching kids the wrong things in, in schools in, yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. What were they? Oh, you're talking about yeah, Terry McAuliffe. Terry, Terry McAuliffe. McAuliffe. Right, right. He lost to um, uh, what, uh, Youngkin. Uh, let, me, let me take those four words you just used to make it one word, John. You said a group of people. That's four words. A group of people. One word. Democrats. 
They're the ones. I'm well, sorry. Right now, they Democrats. are the Democrats, but there's a lot of common. Don't, don't forget, I was a Democrat once. So was I. Okay. I love Bill Clinton, My father too. was a Democrat. So was I. Okay. Yeah. I helped run Bill Clinton's campaign. Yes. I love Bill Clinton. So did I. I love the guy. Yeah. And, and And what happened is the Democratic Party has been taken over by a culture that I don't know who it is. Yep. And there's two types of Democrats. The, the Democrats that don't have the courage to stand up for our country and don't have the courage to stand up against those crazies. Well, is Eric Adams, which one is he? I'm just curious. I think he's oh, standing up. I think he's standing up. You do? I think, look, have you seen anybody criticize him? He stand up and it says, we don't need this, this crap that's going on in the subways. He did say we that. Want, okay? Did. And, 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 and the Democrats in Albany told him to pound sand. True. And I'm telling the Democrats in Albany that think like that, I'm telling them to drop dead. Wow. That is a well, you strong... got the uh, Ukrainian old ladies picking up machine guns and pointing it at the Russian soldiers, ready to risk their lives. How about Meanwhile, my, my present... daughter's? How about my daughter's friend in in the Ukraine, yes. in Kiev, uh, in That's Kiev, right. chicken Kiev. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and my daughter has a friend. She's twenty two years old. Uh, she's in uh, Kiev or yeah, Kiev. Kiev. And and tell Lydia, tell tell Sid what she told you when we were interviewing her. I told her she was 22 years old, and I said, what are you doing? She says, every time there's a siren, I go down. But I said, are you ready to risk your life? She says, absolutely. Hmm. Freedom is worth everything. So at 22 years old, you think, okay, she's like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe. And you have these young children. You have grandmas staying behind fighting the Russian soldiers. And President Biden can't tell the woke mob to go F off. Because that's what he needs to do. That's the it. fact that Nancy that's Pelosi it. said yesterday, oh, don't use this oil crisis that we're experiencing now to divert our real intention here. We're trying to save the planet. Nancy Pelosi probably has Americans. investments in the yep. other part. Of course she does. Exactly. Okay. Right. I mean, that's $2.2 million dollars worth of stock follow, in Tesla. Follow, <laughs> follow the money. And, uh, uh, follow the money. But the indoctrination is working because according to an Axios poll, the Gen Z generation, those are kids born between 1997 and 2003. Now, over 20% of them identify as part of that LGBTQ plus minus whatever community. That's not right. That's not, I have no problem. I have one of my best friends is gay. I have no problem with that. I'm, I mean, I think people are born gay i think god makes doesn't make mistakes but i think 20 percent of a specific no, that's too high. generation that, that, that's not true that's high. that's that, telling you something so yeah, you, we talk high. about all of this and much more cats at night john is wide awake i don't know how you do it john i really don't know how you do it john prado well, who is an ambassador he was with us yesterday he goes whoa you guys are having caffeine or i said no we're pumped up I'm trying to save America and get the truth out. For, for John is. Prado, the former ambassador. I know John. And, sure. Yeah, he's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. Uh, he was in the studio with us yesterday. Yeah. And uh, we had Senator Sullivan, and he says uh, Alaska has a ton of oil. Uh, Canada, uh, John Prado says, has a ton of oil. Biden refuses to buy refuses. any oil from Canada or Alaska. I know. I know. I don't get it either. You Lydia, can't make this crap up. Uh, I know. Great job as always. We will listen to you at 5 o'clock this afternoon. You can follow Lydia, by the way, on Twitter at Lydia News and on Instagram at Lydia News 1. Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> 
845 on your Friday morning, enjoying the first day of April. What a great month. My daughter's birthday, my birthday, and a bunch of birthdays in the Katsimatidis family and baseball. We are now less than a week away from the start of the Mets season, the Yankees season, less than a month away from the start of the Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball season. And as we talked about on Wednesday, John, for me, baseball, and I love all sports. I'm a big sports guy. Me and my dad went to Giant games, Nick game, Ranger games. But for me, baseball is kind of that reborn. We talked about the smell of the grass and the warm weather and me having a catch with my father, like the movie Field of Dreams. And you, John, you and your father, uh, big Yankee fans. I, I always loved baseball. And, uh, you know, maybe it was because it was spring and summer, and I loved baseball. And winter, it was snowing. It was so cold to Miserable. go watch a football game. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have box seats or something. I didn't have, uh, in, in those days, I didn't have... Clubhouse seats. You didn't have that. It was cold. Do you go to football and games? And then the, the traffic to go to the Giants. Oh, the worst. Or and leaving. New Jersey. And leaving. And you have to leave before the fourth quarter. I know. Otherwise, you never get home. So do you go to Giant games once in no, a while? No, I've been invited a lot. I want to go once in a while. Yeah. But if you a lot of traffic, you get there. Pain in the ass. And, and yeah. you have a few hot dogs and yeah. you talk to your friends. Yeah. And you, you better leave to be able to get home. Yeah, We used to. You're right about that. So me and my dad, for example, we had season tickets. We went to Giant Games together for many years. But we would leave Brooklyn at 8 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock kickoff. We'd go to the bagel store, and then we'd get sandwiches and bagels. We'd meet his buddies, Sal and Richie, in the parking lot at Giant Stadium at about 9.30 a good three hours before kickoff, and we'd eat and have breakfast. We'd go to the game, and then we'd leave after the game. And instead of leaving the stadium, the same guys would have grills in the back of their trucks, and they would cook steaks. So most Sundays, we would get to Giant Stadium about 9.30 in the morning, John, and leave the stadium about 7.30 at night. That's how long our That's day. a long day. But it was great. It was me and my father, but it was a very long day. I was uh, exhausted. Spending time with your father is, yeah. to yeah. me... I wish I spent more time with my father. You do, right? Yes, I do. You know, I, I never thought about that um, until he died because there was some... And that's he, the problem. None of us think about uh, that right. until they die. And, and there was a time there, as close as me and my father were, that we, we, we had some difficulties, and I was a bit of a pain in the ass more than that. I was a difficult kid. And um, and he and I had about a year or two. We didn't get along that great and because make sure, of me. make sure you give your kids guilt trips. Oh, and I'll yeah. give my kids guilt trips. You know, I'm not always going to be around. I, I do that all the time. It works with my son, not so much my daughter. It works <laughs> with my son, not so much with my daughter, too. <laughs> so why? Is that like a universal thing or just you and I have that in common? Uh, I don't know. I think it's more <laughs> universal than you think. <laughs> my daughter, her boyfriend from London is coming today, John. He lands at Kennedy at 2.30 this afternoon. See, the difference between my daughter and me. Yeah. I would I canceled dinners with my friends to have dinner with my daughter. Right. Me too. My daughter says, uh, I said to her, can you have dinner at this particular date or this uh, uh, tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, I have a date. Oh, my God. She's just like Ava. Or Ava's right. just like okay. her. Okay. We got problems. Exactly the we same. We have dad, dad problems. Yeah, we do. In fact, my daughter's boyfriend is coming in today. I'm not going to see them until Sunday. We have two dinner plans. She's not coming to either one. Not to either one, John. And you know what I do? I get really upset. I get angry. I get sad. And, and my wife says, Sydney, she's a teenager. She's growing up. All the kids do this. And, and her birthday is April 17th. When's your daughter's birthday? April 7th. Okay. They're both, 
April 17th. I don't know if I'm going to spend my, her birthday. I mean, up to the age of about uh, 22, 23, 24, I spent every birthday with her. You did? Every birthday. By the way, not only did you spend but I guarantee you, you made parties that oh, caused thousands. fantastic parties. Me too, me too. And now it's like it doesn't even matter. One time, I spent, we went, we flew to Paris uh, wow. for, for uh, wasn't necessarily for her birthday, but it happened, we flew a few days before her birthday. And she says, oh, you didn't fly to Paris for my birthday. You were going to Paris anyway. Have you experienced that? The same exact. I swear to God, AJ and Ava are the same person. I mean, I, I sometimes I go. What do you call it? Generation what? Pain in the ass generation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but how many times that I've done stuff? Oh my God, Gabby Lopez, Chad's daughter, has the same exact birthday as my daughter Ava. Oh my God! How about that? But That's, they're different. It must be the April thing. No, but they're different. Gabby is different than Ava. Your daughter, AJ, is like Ava. Gabby is completely different. But I can't tell you how many times I've reminded her, like you do, John. Ava, remember the time? And she'd be like, oh, come on. There was something else. Like, she refuses to give me credit uh, a lot for these things. And, and it bothers well, me. Well, I children. love my children. I love both of them. And, me uh, too. Me too. And uh, I guess it's part of growing up. For you or for me or for them? I don't know. They're trying <laughs> It really is hard, man. I remember when I was, my parents would give me a hard time, John, all the time. Wait till you have kids. Wait till you have kids. And I would, I said to my, I go, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And and it's hard, right? It's hard. You think you're doing a great job. And, and we we both done a great job. Your kids are wonderful children. So am I. But every now and then, it's like, there's no playbook for this. And you just, you, you know, you bang your head against the wall and you just can't figure it out. But uh, I, t- I told you what uh, the sc- her school in the fifth grade tried to do to her. What they do? They, uh, I thought, oh, I had a discussion maybe with Bernie, maybe it wasn't you. Yeah. That I was on the board of directors of the school for the whole 14 years she was there. You know, preschool, pre whatever. Is this in Manhattan? And, in the fifth grade, yes. In New York. On yeah. the east side of, uh, I won't mention the name of the school. Okay. Uh, they force the kids to go to psychiatrists and they give them uh, those uh, stupid drugs to make them feel less. Ritalin. Ritalin. Yes. And to to make them feel less aggressive with the teachers, because the teachers, oh, you know, I'm only getting paid thirty nine thousand a year. I don't want to be, uh, I, I I don't want to be abused by the kids. And you know what happens to these? I put my foot down. I wouldn't let them give Ritalin to my my daughter. Right. You know. And I said, you want to make my day? Make my day. Like uh, Clint Eastwood. I, I, I put. I, that's I exactly said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To the to the school uh, uh, master and and everybody on the board, and. They were giving kids Ritalin in my daughter's school, all-girls class. And, you know, and three or four of them ended up being space cadets, right. you know, walking around with a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha yeah. <laughs> on, on their face. And they ruined these kids for life. I know. Making, making them space cadets, and that's wrong. So all your parents out there, if, if a school tries to do that to your daughter, you know, just to make the teacher's life easier— well, you better put your foot down and protect your daughter. So here's the biggest question of all. As you, I know you have meetings at 9 o'clock. So you're, about to, you're about to leave me after three great hours. Um, we know how hard you work during the week. You get up very early in the morning. You co-hosted three days with Bernie last week, two days with me this week. You've got meetings all day, and you run here. You've got lunches. You've got doctors. Then at 5 o'clock, you have your own show every afternoon, and there are nights you're here until 8, 9 o'clock at night. But when the weekend comes, when the weekend comes, what does John Katzmatidis do? How does John Katzmatidis 
relax. Well, Saturday mornings, I put together a Sunday morning show. Oh, that's uh, true. We regroup it and uh, see which, which uh, interviews that we, a lot of them we uh, record on Fridays. That's still work. Yeah, that that's still, still work. Right. And um, uh, then I go meet my friends for breakfast. That's nice. I have a bunch of friends I meet for breakfast about uh, 9.30. How many people? Oh, well, when we're in the Hamptons, it's like 40, 50 people. Stop it. Yes. 50 people we every have 40, weekend? 40, 50 people. It started with five. Wow. Then it kept adding and adding and adding, and then we ended up getting speakers for every breakfast. <laughs> that's great. Just for yeah. on a Saturday breakfast, you have a speaker. Yeah. That's, uh, that's in, amazing. In, the in New York, we just like uh, eight of us or seven of us. That's eight nice. Of us. That's nice. And then, uh, you know, I don't smoke, but once a week, uh, after breakfast on Saturday, we go to a cigar bar. Nice. And uh, I puff on a cigar. I can't do it. because You know why I can't do it? Because inevitably, even though I'm not supposed to, I always inhale it and it bothers my throat. You're the only guy yeah. that has everything that's bad for you. <laughs> and that's the only thing you don't do that's bad for you. I don't do it. I don't do it. I can't. And I just, I, I just, uh, I don't inhale. I just puff it out. So, you, so you're able to get to smoke once and, ago. and we tell old war stories. Oh, that's cool. And, and that's cool. When we finish telling uh, old war stories, we run out of stories. Yeah. We start to, from day one again. <laughs> now you don't drink. No, I don't drink. Have you ever in your whole life tried? No, I don't drink, drink. But once in a while, I love to have an ouzo. Oh, you will. Yeah, it puts hair on your chest. <laughs> I know that's strong and, stuff. Uh, when I when when I want scotch, I'll have a black label scotch. Oh, you I'm too to. cheap to buy blue label. <laughs> I don't want to pay the restaurant sixty dollars. Uh, you I know, I don't blame you for an ounce of uh, uh, listen, blue label scotch. John, but Johnny Walker Black you, is fine. Fine. Let me tell you about the blue label scotch. Yeah, it's so smooth. One time, me and my friend Jimmy Mushavides on a Saturday afternoon, put we drank a half a bottle of blue label scotch. And we never felt it going down. Oh, my God. You never even got drunk, nothing? We never. We never felt it going down. How about that? And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, spending time with good friends on Saturday. And sometimes, you know, Saturday night, we go out to dinner. But when I'm home Saturday nights, the truth, I listen to Cousin Brucey. Yes. And we remember the old days. Yeah. Palisades Amusement yeah. Park. Skip yeah. the bother and skip the fuss. Well, Take a public service bus. Very public good. service sure is great. Takes you right up to the... Yay. Very good. Now, listen, that is no joke. You, you are very passionate about the music. In fact, uh, I know that uh, in the forward you wrote for my book, which was beautiful, by the way, you said when I bought the radio station, I really wanted to get the music days back, and you specifically mentioned Cousin Brucie, how yes, much you love yes, him. Yes, he, uh, he is terrific. It makes you feel like yesterday. You, yeah. it, it makes you feel and remember. There's people that call in from all over the country. Cousin Brucie, you know, I'm from Oregon. But I remember, we have a national audience. Yeah. And I, I remember Palisades Amusement Park. I remember the party you did with uh, this guy and this guy. And uh, we got Tony Orlando. And then we have Joe Piscopo. So good. And now we got a new, uh, and uh, Dean Martin's uh, daughter. She's Dina great, too. Martin. She's, She's great, great, too. too. Yep. And uh, we do very well on Saturday and Sunday nights with, uh, with the music. And we got a new guy, a young guy from, from uh, uh, Staten Island, Cousin Vinny. Vinny Mandugo. He's a good and kid. you know who's training him? Who? Cousin Brucey is training him to be even better. Good. He's a good kid. I like that kid, Vinny. Well, I did uh, immensely enjoy these last couple of days with you. I want to tell you that. You're a great friend. What happened to fun. the guests? We're going to bring them on later when you go do your meetings. Oh, I want to talk to you. bring them on in front of me? My no, God. I want to talk to you. You don't want, want the ratings to, to go guests. down or what? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, the ratings will not go down when you I and I talk. That. I'll be watching. Yeah, no, we had a, uh, a great day today in the ratings, too, by the way. Congratulations. We had a great day Wednesday. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I love you. Thank you so much. Well, this is so much you, fun. And uh, God bless you. And I you hope too. I hope Bernie's okay on, on Monday, and God bless. God bless you. That's a great John Katzmatidis. Back again this afternoon at 5 o'clock, of course, and then again at uh, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning with his great Cats Roundtable show. We'll take a short break, come back, and finish up the fourth and final hour and the final hour of the week. Bernie and Sid with John Katzmatidis right after these words. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Oh, the great Yvonne Elliman. Still one of my favorite movies of all time, growing up as a kid in Brooklyn, dying to be Tony Manero. John Travolta was my hero. I was uh, that Jewish kid with a D.A., Sassoon jeans, and a brush in my back pocket. And I fell miserably short of being a real Italian, except for now, at 55, I star in every movie as, a, as an Italian mobster. So I finally made it. This is the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid in the morning. And uh, my, my guest sitting to my left after three great hours with John Katzimatidis, thank you, John, is uh, one of my favorite people, not just an amazing guest, one of my favorite people in the whole world. He is just, he's a ray of sunshine. He just is. And he's a star, of course. He's the naughty gossip columnist, Rosanna Scotto, the Today Show, Newsmax, and does his best work right here, the very (laughs) handsome Rob Shooter. Hello, my friend. How are you? Friends with a movie star. How was L.A.? How was L.A.? L.A. was beautiful. Beautiful. We stayed in Beverly Hills. Boom, fancy pants. Yes, yes. Uh, the shooting for the uh, movie I did all in downtown L.A. at the lovely Willow Studios. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, at one point, maybe Wednesday, on my third day on the set, Rob, I, I said to myself, as Lucy Hale with her 24 million <laughs> followers is standing to my right, and Emile Hirsch, who starred with Brad Pitt, <laughs> and Leo to my left, and Robert Davi, and, and Danny A, and, and James Russo, and all these big actors, and I'm like, wait a second. Am I in a movie? But, 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 what? Wait What's going on? Yeah. Just and then the, the makeup girl came, and the oh. wardrobe girl came, and my lunch came to my trailer. I actually, and no one knows this, I masturbated in my trailer. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, you know, I think that's the George Clooney method of movie making. Is that right? No, that's right. Does right he do that? that? Yeah, I right, right that someplace. Uh, to all my Congratulations. Kidding. It's wild watching a movie put together. It's sort of like elements. We see them all on the big screen. We love going to the movies. But when you're in one, you see it's like it's, a business. Let me tell you what it is. Tedious. It's tedious. Rob, I shot the same scene a hundred <laughs> times. A hundred. And after the second one, it was perfect. I go, but they got to shoot this angle and that angle. I need angle. your hand. I need your ear. Yes. I need the shadow on your eye. No, it's true. I know right. you do it over and over. They say it's a lot of standing around. It is. Waiting, hours and hours. Waiting. And for somebody who does live every day, spontaneous, there's no scripts here, this must have been a little bit of a, a, little bit of a pain in the bottom. You're so smart. Look at me. You're so smart. Look at me. That's exactly what I'm doing. Will you do another movie? I'm doing three. What? Three this summer. Excuse me, Angelina Jolie. Thank you. Look at you. Uh, I play a mobster again in a movie we're going to make in London in May. My goodness, your Uh, daughter's there, so you can see her too. Her her, her boyfriend from London is here today. He's coming in. And then in August, I'm very excited about this. A a movie, I told you about this. Uh, The stock market nearly crashed in 1963. A guy named Tito DeAngelis in Bayonne, New Jersey, (gasps) almost crashed the market by himself. (laughs) What was he doing? 
He was uh, he was uh, making bogus deals with American Express and other big companies in selling soybean oil, salad dressing, basically. <laughs> Made $100 million. Nearly blew up the world with a salad dressing. Yes, but what happened in 1963... Kennedy was assassinated, Ooh. so the story went away. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's a big story. Huge yeah, story. So now my friend Ron Insana at CNBC is making a movie of it, and he, got, he has a major, major role for me. So three movies this summer, and I loved it, but you just hit it right on the head. I tried to explain to the actors that when you do a four-hour spontaneous live radio show, which I'm great at, and now uh, Monday, for example, I was on set for 13 hours. <laughs> And I actually figured out I taped about nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> of which three yes. will air. Right. They'll edit right. down your final three. But it's almost impossible to be bad right. in a movie, I guess. <laughs> so when you see somebody bad in a movie, you know they're really rotten. They're That's what really we're bad. They're yeah. really bad. Yeah. They're really so, bad. Congratulations. Well done, but it's lovely to have thank you back you. here in New York. It wasn't the same without you. Oh, thank it you. Wasn't. I love you too. So I have to tell you that yesterday, yes. I know you know this, maybe you don't know this, yesterday they taped the reunion. For Real Housewives of New Jersey. I did know this. Yes, did. I did. Now, you know that Teresa almost died last week, yes. and but she was all uh, uh, the, the, the gamer that she is. Forget about Bernie doing the show with cancer. <laughs> Teresa showed up, and they made her like a martyr. They, you know, they, you know what? This couldn't have actually forgive the health crisis here. Put that to one side. This couldn't have been better for Teresa. Like Teresa, how are you going to attack a woman that's on an IV drip? Like they should have rolled her in on a. Uh, Teresa turned up. She's in it to win it. Just when you think you can count her out, she got another trick. I guarantee you. She's they Ill. still attacked. I'm sure Margaret yeah, went yeah. after her pretty oh, good. Yeah. I know her and Dolores are having some issues yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure they, they, they had her way with I Teresa. I think so. I mean, it's just so well produced. And when you watch those shows, they make me smile and they make me laugh. And Teresa, she turned up for that special. Try, try keeping her away. Yeah. yeah. She'll be there. She'll be there. And then, look, our story came true on this show. We broke it first. All the New York girls fired, gone. They've well, not confirmed it. Well, it's complicated. You've got to stop right there because, yes, you broke the story. You Here did. on the show. And I'm only a couple of weeks removed from bumping into the, the great um, uh, Ramona at uh, Rosanna Scotto's Fresco Ramona. Ah, yes, right. yes, yes. And Luann was in here not that long ago either. So are you telling me that all of them, not including Ebony, all got fired? All fired. So what's happened here is they're starting from scratch. The Real Housewives of New York right now have no characters. Nobody. They're starting from scratch. Even and the Ebony? All you gone. can't fire a black well, what woman they've today. done, and this is partly the reason they've done this, yeah. is all those ladies that we know, they're going to offer them a new show under a different title. It's going to be called New York Ladies or the Knights of New York, oh. so it's no longer officially Housewives, and it's going to go to Peacock Streaming. Oh. I know, so they're telling everybody, we're still Housewives, we've still got our jobs. Not true. You're all gone, they're starting from scratch, and some of the ladies, the ladies we know, Ramona's, Luann's, they're going to be offered a streaming no show kidding. under a different title, but get this, instead of earning three four $400,000 a season, right. streaming's paying 50000 Well, by so, the way, three four hundred thousand. Teresa makes $1.2 million. She makes a lot Melissa of money. makes a million. They make a million I think dollars. those other girls make close to a million. Yeah, they make a lot And of I'm money. hearing uh, uh, rumors, uh, the one I actually like, Dorinda Medley. Dorinda! She got a bad, she got a bad she job. Did, she, she did. She may be back, right? Well, she'll be back on the streaming service. The streaming they are service. gone, so I know it's complicated. There'll be two shows. The official Housewife show is starting from scratch. They're all fired. Yeah. The streaming show, a brand new show on 
Peacock. Their streaming service will have some of the original back, including maybe Jill Zarin. I heard They're that. going right well, back. Well, no, Jill wants to get back. Oh, but, Jill would but, come but, back. But on I now. heard that Andy Cohen is not returning her call. You know, I think I actually am responsible for that relationship not being very well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so Jill Zarin got fired. She went and watched What Happens Live and his show. Yeah. She recorded the whole thing on her cell phone, and I broke that story. Yes, and you did. Andy's show is very carefully edited. Talk about movie making. Yeah. Andy was like, I'm not having Jill Zarin on live. She could say anything. We'll tape her show and we'll edit it. <laughs> so then once Andy found out that Jill had taped the entire show for insurance, he was like, uh-uh. So sorry, Jill. He hasn't forgiven her to this day. No, uh, don't, don't what about Carolyn Roswell? I can't stand her. Carolyn Roswell might be back. I mean, uh, she's, she's related she's to the Kennedys, horrible. though. Related I, to the Kennedys. So I maybe know that's she what, is. No, I the Vanderbilts. The Vanderbilts. No, Kennedys. You sure Kennedys? Kennedys? Absolutely. She married Lee Radswell's yeah. yeah, son. And so well, she's, she's... gross. I know. So she might be back. Bethany. They always want Bethany back. I don't think she'll... she'll she won't do it for $50,000. No. Bethany Frankel. She's a million. She's a million dollar girl. Yeah. And so it'll be fun to see some of them back. They sort of did this with a girl's trip. They put all the greatest hits together and they streamed it. It never aired on Bravo. They streamed it. That's where we're going to see Ramona and now. That, and that show did well. Uh, you know, you had Kenya and uh, Cynthia from Atlanta. You had Melissa and Teresa from New Jersey. That's right. You had Luan was on, I think. And Luan and, uh, and Ramona. Yeah. And, Who's your favorite? And who, all, who'd you like? And to all you have from uh, from uh, uh, Beverly Hills was uh, what's her name? Paris Hilton's cousin. Was That's on. right, Kathy uh, Hilton. No, no the aunt. Uh, oh yes, yes. Um, you'll come to me. The aunt. I know exactly. Who she was the only other one. Yeah, black ponytail. Yes, yes exactly. Right. She's going to be furious. We don't know her name. Who's my favorite housewife? Yeah, who's your favorite? Used to be Dolores, but uh, Dolores? in New Jersey. Oh, that's yeah. nice. uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't watch them as much as I used to. Right. And, and I find that I really dislike a lot of them. <laughs> like the Salt Lake City cast, I hate every one of them. And New York, too, for that matter. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, sort of annoying. I, well, I hate them all. They're, they're, they're horrible. horrible. Rob, they're people. horrible people. They're horrible. And we watch them every week. What's wrong with us? That's not us, not them. They are horrible. I wouldn't stand one of those as a friend for a minute. And an hour a week, they're in my living room. They're horrible. Well, horrible but, people. But, uh, as horrible as they are, yes. right now, if you took a poll, Around yes. the world, mm. more horrible people or horrible person, <laughs> any one of the housewives or Will Smith. Oh. And who didn't love Will Smith a week ago today, Rob Shooter? It's bad. So what's going on here is my sources tell me uh, that he's got two weeks, two weeks before the Academy decide what to do. Uh, and he's been advised. Think of this. Think, think of this through. Is this a good idea? His people are saying to him... Uh, Give up the Oscar. Don't make them decide to take it away from he you. He can't do that. Well, 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 technically he can't. So he'll always be an Oscar winner. But if he physically hands them that gold trophy, it ends this. They can't do that. He this can is that like O.J. Simpson he can, where he <laughs> killed somebody? What are you talking he about? He can hand this back. He's got to do something. He's you got think he's going to hand them back I think, the Oscar? I think he's going to say... I messed up. I don't deserve this. Take it back. I think. But wait, but he does deserve it. He was King Richard. He was great. He was great in that movie. But this now has got so bad. And the Oscars, the Academy is full of like old people who don't know what to do. They want this to end. They just want this to end. It's not going to end until they punish him, which they don't want to (laughs) do. So if he takes this back. And he takes all that responsibility back. It could end. Don't be surprised if he hands back the Oscar. <gasps> da, da, dum. Surprised I'd be shocked. He could do it. He should hand it to Fred Goldman. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you. Chris you know, Rock. So you should give it to Chris. Chris Rock. That's who he should give it to. Well, I had people Chris last Rock, night. Chris I know. Rock, he's a hero right now. He's right? the hero. So yeah. I had people last night at his show in Boston. First of all, his whole tour has sold out. 
And um, Chris is a really disciplined comedian, so everything out of his mouth, if you see him live, it's scripted. He's worked on it. He's crafted it. And so he didn't want to mess up his new show. He's got a really great new act, new jokes, new lighting. And so he briefly addressed the situation at the top of the show. Two sentences. I know, but it's clever because now he's going to make money. Big money. He ain't ain't giving that away for free. You know, I've got to ask you about Disney World for a second. You are, as if you couldn't tell, gay. Uh, (laughs) Pretty gay. Uh, British. British. (laughs) British gay, which is different. It's a more classic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not that Andy Cohen American gay. <laughs> Boom. Boom. On a serious note, uh, you're a dear friend of mine. Right. I have other friends who are gay, you and can. I happen to actually like gay people more than gays. straight people. I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I love them. Uh, but <laughs> but now we're making all these political policies. Disney World is making sure they 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 change some of the characters. Even as a gay man yourself, yes. Don't you think it's a bit much? Yeah, I think I mean, we should down, live. Rob. And let live. I will say, though, until you're a member of a group that uh-huh. has felt oppressed. You feel oppressed? You don't, I don't, but I'm a rich gay, so I get away with a lot of murder. <laughs> like, I mean, I can get away with, I could shoot you on Fifth Avenue. Like, you're not, you love me. Who doesn't like Rob Shooter? You're not going to mess with me. But there's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of people, there's a lot of groups that you have to put yourself in their shoes like for poor, a, poor a game, minute. Games, People like, like, and I think, yeah. to be honest, all these rules and stuff, it's all ridiculous because the gays, yeah. the young kids are online, they've got Instagram, they've got social media. So if you want to ban a book in Florida, knock yourself out. Right. All those kids have got phones, they're looking it up. Uh, and true. so like they're watching Will and Grace. Yeah. The world has moved on. So it's old farts who are doing all these rules to make yeah. themselves feel better. Yeah. It's all going to be fine. Life's good. When I was growing up in Britain, it was tough, and there was a rule like this in Britain that Margaret Thatcher put in that you couldn't say gay. She just banned that word. You couldn't say the you word. You couldn't say the but word. That, but that's not the, you know that's not the bill in Florida. There's no word gay There's in no that word, bill. But that's what it means. Like, no, it why, doesn't mean that. Why would they, well, then why would we need this bill? Because we don't want our teachers telling our kindergarten children about sex. They're not. Did they tell yeah, you? Say you Mar- I didn't. I grew up. Hey, let me rule. tell you something. The Dalton School here in New York City, which Rob, by the way, is like a million dollars a fancy year. school. Yeah, they talk about oral sex and fellatio and all this stuff with third graders. So does Rihanna. <laughs> Knock yourself out, <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Have you seen Anaconda? Oh, we think these on. little kids are so. Like, oh, don't say my kids don't know that stuff. They're listening to P. Diddy. They got it. They know what they're doing. That may be the greatest comeback line in the history of radio. Quote, so does Rihanna. (laughs) If Rihanna does it, it's got to be good. Um, I mean, you were so brilliant. It's unbelievable. So you did Newsmax today. I did. I did Newsmax this morning. We did lots of Will Smith stuff, lots of gossip over there. It's a fun way to to make a living to to gossip about people. And so this will be a fascinating story. Like, Because now it's he said, she said, did the Academy kick him out? Did they not kick him out? Will's people are leaking. Nobody asked Will to leave. You know, people, Whoopi Goldberg saying, like, what, 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 it's interesting in life. If somebody doesn't want to leave your party, how do you get them to leave? Like, if, if Will was told, you got to leave, and he said no. Breaking news. Did they drag him out? No, breaking news came out this morning. They never asked him to leave. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're saying that Will's people are putting that out. Oh. When Will says it, I'll believe it. There's no oh. name to that quote. So the Academy's on the record. So in my business, there's two different quotes. On the record means my name's on it. Rob Shooter said. So the Academy on the record said, we asked him to leave. Now, sources close to Will yeah. are saying that didn't happen. Ah. Now, if that really didn't happen, why is your name not on it? Like, nobody, like, if yeah. that did not happen, yeah. what I'm hearing happened, actually, is it got very confusing. I'm hearing, hearing the, the, the people at the Oscars wanted him out. The producers who they hired, different, different teams, 
They did not. Oh, there you and have that's it. the communication. So actually, both of them are right. Did you have a threesome with your husband then, Barry Manilow? We didn't have a threesome, but yeah. we did go for dinner at Katz's Deli. That's close. That's and close. And it was better. It's I think close, you're better. Right. eating better. a corned beef sandwich oh, is like a threesome anyway. I was orgasmic <laughs> over my pastrami and chopped liver. Let me tell you that. It's absolutely delicious. Are, the you best ju- are you Jewish? Look at me. You're so Jewish. Thank you. God. A, a gay Jew from London is fantastic. Anna and a gay Jew from Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, sorry, straight. What I, when you're here, I don't know. I, I, I question whether or not I'm. Gonna, I mean, Danielle, I know she's beautiful. I'll go see her in a couple of hours. But when you're here, I'm like, I don't know, Stop Rob. It. Stop. Rob, Rob. It. Stop. You know, Justin feels what, what the Chris same. Matthews once said Barack Obama. Make, I got the tingle up my leg. Oh, I, mean, I remember that. Got the tingle in my leg. You remember that? that I remember brilliant. that. Yeah. The tingle in my leg. Those housewives give me a little tingle in my leg too. May I say? Now, what is your favorite housewife? I go back and forth on them. If I'm looking for just obnoxious, Te- Teresa. I'd say oh, Ramona. Ramona's Ramona's the most obnoxious. Yes, yes. Teresa is mean. Ramona, and she pushes right. you. Like if you're yeah. in a bar or somewhere, yeah. Ramona will push you out the By way. The, and you know when you see her off the air, she's very sweet. Well, she's sweet. She's a little sweeter, but I think Ramona is is Ramona. I like Luan. Luan makes me laugh, and I like that yeah. whole... Luan is probably the best... Lu- Luan is a gorgeous lady and tall, statuesque. She's not gorgeous. I, know, I think she's so gorgeous. No, now I know gorgeous. you're gay. Oh, my God. Now she's I know you're so, gay. I just like, I like... And then I, I like Margaret. She looks like... A, she's built like a man. I love Margaret, I too. I love Margaret. So the blonde hair. Like a Muppet. <laughs> like a Muppet. Like <laughs> blonde hair and yeah. legs and arms By the way, around. she's married to a guy named Joe Beningo. Do you know he texted me, Mr. Meningo? He did. He did. Really? And I said, hello, Mr. He's a Sweet guy. He's very sweet. All the husbands on that, not all, I shouldn't say that. Frank Catania, Dolores' ex husband. Right. Great guy. Right. Your Joe Beningo, great guy. Yes. Uh, Melissa's husband, Joe. Joe. Jerk Juicy off. Joe. Jerk no, Juicy Joe Gorgo. Yes. Whatever. No, you you no, don't no, like no. him either, right? I know him, but I don't really invest that. I'm such a narcissist. I don't pay yeah. that much attention. Not the one somebody else. <laughs> so I exactly. Know, somebody else. What's, that? That. What's so, your weekend like? What are you doing? Uh, this weekend? Yes, tell me now. Uh, what am I? My daughter's in town with the boyfriend, oh, I told you. Oh, yes. And I moved to my new house. Oh, this is so, a house that's oh, very well, you expensive. Have to, you have to come paint on Sunday. Uh, well, I shall send <laughs> Justin out with a brush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to he the... Doesn't, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't pay me well enough for that. Really? He's going to make you paint his house. Do it in some really obnoxious <laughs> colours. That's what I'll do. I'm going to come and paint your fence bright pink. Ha, I would ha. like that. I would yeah. like that. The rainbow colours around your property. Uh, yeah, now, are we going to play that game we usually play at the end of the uh, thing today? Yeah, let's but... play a blind item. Bum, 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 bum. I'm so excited about this. Which celebrity, big superstar, who's not only made movies... He's also appeared on Broadway. He's married, and he's very friendly with his male assistant. <gasps> is he gay? So you, you may be gay. You say that's what he's, you're a, saying, yeah. he's a big time actor. Yes, yes. Tom Wait. Cruise hasn't played Broadway. Oh, hasn't played Broadway. Or just yeah, Justin. Justin? Justin? Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! He's got it. Who's a singer? I got it. I got it. I got it. I forget about it. You, Jackman. Cool. That's your answer right there. Great looking yeah. guy. He's on Broadway. Have you seen his wife? His wife would be would be a good beard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, blind items. Guess away, everybody. It will be revealed. Is eventually. Daniel Radcliffe yeah. married? Not married. Mm. Good guess, though. Very good guess. Harry Potter's been on Broadway. Yeah, he yes. has. Who yes. else has been on Broadway mm. and in the movies? Tell you Jackman, trust yeah, me. Yeah, Hugh Jackman's mm. a good one. Yeah, gossip all weekend. You're so good. Where can people see you next? Who knows? Follow you. You're much more interesting. What's your Instagram? <laughs> I follow you. Mine's Dollars Dishwater. I follow you. What's yours? <laughs>
See, you've got four of them. There's, there's oh, little no. discon- Why have you got so many? I googled you, oh, I and there's two different, three different Instagrams. Like you're a criminal. Well, one, one's a, uh, one's fake. But, one, one's an imposter. Is it actually an imposter? Is it him that got bored? Like, he forgot his password and started well, a new one. I, I, That's I, what I, happened. Yeah. Uh, can I use that moving forward? Dollars douche water. Dollars <laughs> douche water. <laughs> douche water is much dirtier. You're, you're great. You're Thank you very much. It's lovely seeing you. I shall see you next Friday for a game, Justin. Rob Shooter. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Enjoy Peyton the House, Rainbow Fence. Here we come. <laughs> Folks, you can check out Rob Shooter on Instagram, Naughty Gossip Columnist. Check him out, Newsmax, Rosanna Scotto's show, the Today Show, and of course, right here, he is the most entertaining guy in New York. I really mean that. He's the most entertaining guy in New York. More of Bernie and Sid sounds Bernie. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Tell you, been a fun week and a record-breaking week uh, yesterday, especially on, on uh, I guess the whole station. John said that his show broke records too. We put up numbers yesterday that nothing has come close to. We shattered all of the uh, prior records on this show. Uh, that was yesterday, and uh, big numbers too on Wednesday with John and today so far with John. I am not at liberty to share those numbers with you. You'll have to take my word for it that uh, the numbers with John are very, very high, and the numbers on this show yesterday by far. An all-time record. So, well, thank you to you guys. Clearly, we're building a big audience, and we appreciate that. Hopefully, Bernie will be back on Monday. But in his stead, you guys are just doing such a great job. And, again, the numbers prove it. It's right there. and the, You can't argue the numbers. So, Lewis and uh, Justin and Luke and all you guys, Frankie, you guys are doing a, a great job. And you, Justin, for what it's worth, you just look different. I can't explain it. Maybe it's because you shave or you showered, you put a jacket on. I don't know, but... You look, you look almost, almost professional, almost. Really? You don't say? No, I did say it. Oh, yeah. I don't really. Um, what did that start, feel that way? What did that start? You don't say after after I just said it because that is a, a, a that's a, a saying phrase people use. Yeah, yeah, figure of speech. You don't say, but I just said it. So right. Uh, well, now that you're explaining it, you're going into depth. It's um, it's pretty uh, stupid. It is right. Yeah. It's like the old uh, calling routine. Why right. do people drive on uh, parkways and park on driveways? There's a, there's a lot of things like that uh, in terms of... So why would you say that, though, and further the stupidity by saying <laughs> something like you don't say when I just said it? I guess it's just a um, oh. force of habit. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, uh, do you have any of those? I used to do cocaine for 30 years. Right, so, yeah, that, 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 falls, that, that falls into that category. You don't say. Right, you don't, you don't say. <laughs> See smart so Lewis. this is what it meant to me. See how smart Lou is? You see that? He you really he connects, it, he connects the dots beautifully. Perfect. Yeah. Well, it's a teaching moment for me. Staged. <laughs> he was at that staged thing. He did that a couple of times. A couple oh, of that, was that was brilliant, too. Yeah. I'm going to be the last one remaining for that. Oh, no, no, no. Theory. Let me tell you. This is unbelievable. So last night at dinner, and I hope Bo Deedle is still listening, because I have to tell you, I've known Bo for almost 25 years, and I love Bo to pieces. And my wife loves him, Danielle, and, and he's just great to us. And he has his radios all the time, and it's, it's, it's really very, very nice. He had my wife's business partners there last night. He went above and beyond. He sits at that table... He's not funny. He is rip-roaring hilarious. It's Joe Pesci. It's basically Joe Pesci. So Mike Martucci, who's a longtime friend of mine, he's a nice guy, great guy, Mike, works for Giants Big Blue Travel, does Sinatra. I love Mike Martucci. He was at the table last night basically begging William DeMeo for a role in Gravesend. And all night, Bo was like, 
You're not getting an effing role, Willie. Get, I mean, uh, Mike, get out of here. And Mike would leave and come back and leave and come back. And it was just such a funny, funny, funny time last night. I, I, I mean, Bo just absolutely floored me. He was, he was that brilliant last night. But one of the, the conversations that took place at dinner was started by Vinny Viola. If you don't know who Vinny Viola is, he's one of the most successful stock guys in the history of New York. His company, Virtue, makes billions of dollars a year. In fact, he actually now owns the Florida Panther hockey team, even though he's a New York guy. And Donald Trump asked him to be the secretary of the Army. That's how important and big Vinny is. And Vinny went around the table. Bo Deedle, William DeMeo, his son Christian DeMeo, uh, Peter Luco, uh, Hank Abate, Abraham Hamra, Joseph Cohen, Daniel Rosenberg, Sid Rosenberg, and he asked every one of them, do you think the Will Smith thing was staged? This is last night, Louis. Of the eight people he asked, including me, six said yes, staged. Vinny convinced it was staged. So even though we're days past it and we're talking about police and filing charges and all this, six of the eight people at that table last night still thought it was staged, and I still do this morning. So I'm not showing you in the minority, Lewis. Okay, good. Yeah. Why, why are you, you, well, you're changing it like every day. Yesterday you were like, no, it's I not never staged. T- no, I, no, I never said it's not staged. I said I'm considering that it might not have been staged. But I, I never I changed know. my mind. Well, we'll, Sid will we'll, change we'll, it for the next couple of weeks. You're we're going to have to. I think you literally said word for word, I was wrong like I am with many things. Quote. Yeah. Do you have the tape? End quote. Do you have the tape? I can get the tape for you. Well, then get the tape. Well, it's not. It's not I, I can't get it right now. Well, 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 hold on a second. Can you get the tape? Well, you can't get the I can tape. get the tape, but it's going to take me some time to get the tape. Well, that's up to you. What do I care? I'm, I am denying that I ever said that. I'm, so yeah. if you want to prove your point, you got to get the tape. The, the tape doesn't exist because I didn't say that. The tape exists. Where is it? It's... it's... Get the tape. <laughs> now, if you get the tape and you have me on audio saying that, then I promise you I'll admit... That I said it. Okay. Luke, get the tape. Justin, just wait till Monday when he says it again. <laughs> why are we going through this? Yeah, that's true. Come on. That's true. Just, what he's, do you mean by that? I know you Monday, said it. I, I know you again. said it. The listeners know you no, said no, it. What I said was, and you have a habit of doing this. You're like my wife in this respect. You, you, I say something and then you, you kind of botch it. So what I said was, it, it's possible. It's possible that I'm wrong and it wouldn't be a big shocker because it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. Like when I said, Justin's got radio talent. Ah, very where's, good. See what the, you did there? Where's the tape? <laughs> yeah, Where, where's the tape of that one? I, I don't tape. believe you. Uh, Grab the tape. Does it exist? And, you know, uh, did I say that? We're really? just going to be throwing tapes at each other. I'm disappointed in myself. You yeah. didn't even oh. have to say anything. I saw it in your face. As a, yeah, no, no, I was really, I don't know now. You're like Will Smith after he smacked Chris Rock in the face. He went out partying and then he woke up the next morning and then he <laughs> felt remorse. Well, there was somebody on the show yesterday uh, that, that, that had some good points. It, wasn't, it couldn't have been. Was it O'Reilly? No. It wasn't uh, Jesse. It wasn't Dr. Mark Siegel. So maybe nobody had a good point. Maybe I just, yeah, maybe I'm just that type of guy. Huh. Mm. Maybe, well, no, I think it was Jesse. Was it Jesse? Somebody made a point. Somebody did. Right. It it wasn't O'Reilly. Oh, Who was it? uh, Maybe it was one. It was uh, Jen Lommers. Oh, Uh, Jen Lommers. That's right. Oh, she made it. Jen Lommers. (laughs) Whatever she says, I'm going. It It wasn't exactly what she said that convinced you, was it? (laughs) I don't even know what she said. That was the only thing I did here. (laughs) 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 You know, just when I thought Jen Lommers was beautiful, the uh, the staff here, Gabby and Eric, put together a video of her and I. And hers, of course, is a still picture. She was in Los Angeles. But they sent it to me, which I sent to her, which she appreciated. My God, just look at the picture. 
of her on that video with me, I, I have to say, and I'm married to a gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, Danielle's gorgeous, but she may be, Jennifer, the prettiest uh, female on television. No, she, she's insane. It's oh, insane. My, yeah. It's, yeah. And then, of course, I, I congratulated her on the birth of a daughter three times, and she had a son, but that's fine. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> right. In this day and age, we don't care about gender anyway. So. That's right. <laughs> boys, boys are girls, and girls are boys, so it all worked out well. Uh, I don't care, Jen. You just look good. Whatever. What do you have, a right. boy, girl? Two, right. No right. matter. Yeah. That kid looks like you, whether it's a boy or a girl. And there she is right now on the WABCradio.tv feed, which you could watch later when the show is over. Look at that smile. Oh, that could stay up for a while. <laughs> Yeah, keep that there. All right, let's get a, a <laughs> caller for Beat Sid, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. Indeed, it is time to not Beat Bernie today. Bernie's absent out, uh, out until Monday. And the great one will return. Uh, we will play an abbreviated Beat Sid version of the game again today. I'm your host, Justin Ellick. The game, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out. PeerlessBoilers.com and PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Today, the lucky one or the unlucky one, however way you want to look at it, is Greg. We got Greg in Cortland Manor. What's going on, Greg? All good. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. It is Friday. You got any uh, big plans for the weekend? Big plan? No. Yard work, get some grassy down, you know. Nice. Ooh, that's a honey, honeydew list. That Ooh. sounds like that sounds like some classic yeah. dad stuff. Wow. Are, are, you a, are you a father? Are you a husband? I, I am. Two boys, uh, one in the city, one graduating uh, two months at UB. Oh, UB how about well. that? How about that? All right, so they're all growing up. Well, congratulations yeah. on your fatherhood and congratulations on your impeccable lawn. And uh, just <laughs> keep working hard on it. That's all I can if say. My neighbor, if my neighbors are listening, they'd be cracking up with my lawn. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, uh, if you put your best foot forward on your lawn, uh, you know, the best the best might come to you, okay? You got to take care go. of that. You got to take care of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Justin, come on. <laughs> all right. All right. You ready to play the game, Lou, Greg? What are you doing here, Lou? What are you doing? I don't know. He'll help you out. It's, it's small talk. It's just, just small talk, Greg. We're just having some fun. I, I, I'm not I'm not a sand mover, and I don't lay bricks. So okay. Well, thank God. Jesus Christ. And you turned off your radio. So, my <laughs> goodness gracious. Okay. Um, oh, my God. Look at his lawn. How nice. <laughs> it's impeccable. All right, Greg, you ready to dive in here? Good to go. All right, here we go. Number one. While on the run, Bruce Willis is compelled to go back to his apartment to retrieve a golden watch in what Quentin Tarantino movie? Oh, God. Oh, shit. What was that? Um, Jeez. Was that uh, The Day to Die? Day to Die? Wrong. You're too like a bag of anthrax. You'll be Jesus. Mm. Zed's dead, baby. Easier than you would have thought. Pulp Fiction. The Damn it. Yep. yeah, the can right. I think general consensus is that's the number one uh, Quentin Tarantino yeah, film. No doubt. All right, get that one right. You're, you're, you're right. I'll be, I'll be down one. I'll you be got, down you, one to said. You no know, worries. You got time to bounce back. Here we go. Number two. Roxanne, message in a bottle, and don't stand so close to me. Were all hit songs by what band? Oh, Roxanne. Just why am I blanking out this morning? Got to turn on your red light. Um. Give you a hint, the lead singer Sting. It's Sting. God, I'm blanking out this morning. I'm gonna embarrass myself. I'm I'm out. I don't I can't think of it. Smoking that grass. Give me a guess. 
I, I'm blanking out completely. I don't know why I'm blanking out so much this morning. No worries. But that's not the correct answer. Please, have a please, please. Is it please? Oh! 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 What do we say now there, what Lou? Do we do? I say we give it. I say we give it to him. One for one for two. Very nice, Greg. Right, right in the nick of time. And, 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 and a cop just turned around on my street, so that's what. There you go. Well, you know, he must be listening nice. to the show. Nice. All right, take it away from him. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number he three. He likes the lawn, though. Yeah, yeah. He, well, that's why he loves the lawn. Here we go, Greg. Number three. Which of the following players were not sent to the Denver Nuggets in the New York Knicks trade for Carmelo Anthony? Was it A. Nate Robinson, B. Wilson Chandler, C. Raymond Felton, or D. Danilo Gallinari? Which of the players was not sent to Denver? Is that what you said? Yes. Can you, can you, I'm, not, not, I'm not looking it up, I promise you. Just what were the names again? A, Nate Robinson, B, Wilson Chandler, C, Raymond Felton, or D, Danilo Gallinari? I think it was uh, Robinson, but not positive. Might as well have been positive because you, my friend, are correct. Sweet. All right, two for three. He's hot. Number four. What journalist was dismissed from MLB Network in January 2022 for his criticism of Commissioner Rob Manfred? Oh, it just happened. Um, dismissed from MLB Network. He likes to wear a bow tie. Yes. Um, Ken uh, Rosenthal? Very good. Thank you for the bow tie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was messed up, by the way. Three for four. Manfred is an absolute moron. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, tell well, me about it. That's on the next quiz. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> what is Rob Manfred? A moron. Here we go. Five. In January 2021, which historical drama became Netflix's highest rated show? Jesus. Netflix. Um, had to ask my wife that one. Um, Cobra Kai. Ooh. Wrong. You're two-legged back of Anthrax. You'll be Jesus. Not a bad showing, though, Greg. Three for five. You did very well. The correct answer, uh, well, I can't do it now because he rushed back in again. To the house. He's yeah. always, she's always trying to sneak one in on me. Lurking. Walk me in. Lurking. I mean. All right, Greg, hang out on hold. You've got a chance to talk to this big guy here shortly. Oh, he lives in Cortland Manor. You know who lives there? Uh, Lou, you like this. Steve Cohen from Sirius XM, formerly of WFAN, no. and Eric Spitz. Not the Mets owner. Very good. No. All right. Cool the okay. Manor guys. We, yeah. do, we don't have time for your little. Yeah, because uh, we take eighteen hours to host this damn game. Well, Greg, Greg was telling me about his lawn. I could I could have shut the guy up about his lawn. Let's get to the game. All right, here we go. <laughs> lawn number one. What is Newton's second law of relativity? I don't even know his first law. <laughs> <of relativity. laughs> that's, that's, that's your second April Fool's uh, spoof of the day. Very good. Your hey. face. Your face was actually pretty good. Look at those uh, spaceships coming. <laughs> yeah. Down. yeah. Hey, wow. oh, the aliens are coming uh, down. Oh Manhattan. my God. Manhattan's invaded. All right. Here's your real number one. Are there one. really two laws of relativity? If I knew not. There's I mean, three. I, there's more than two. Yeah. Is there three? I, look, uh, Professor Luke seems to know. Okay. Justin, I, I, <laughs> have no idea. I have no It's like idea the worst school in the about. country. Don't listen to him. Get. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Hope they don't buy spots. On By the, the way, you have to get four to win the game. All right. Let's four. Go. All right. While on the run, Bruce Willis is compelled to go back to his apartment to retrieve a golden watch in what Quentin Tarantino movie? Pulp Fiction. What? Oh, that's the right answer. So, well, you look like... Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, you don't make eye contact? You, look you don't make eye contact with the person you're having a conversation with? No, you look disappointed. That was weird. No. Okay, let's I'm, go. I'm never disappointed in you. Okay. All right, here we go. Roxanne, Never? No. Roxanne, Message in a Bottle, and Don't Stand So Close to Me were all hit songs by what band? Oh. 
My favorite cop would be Andrew Cop, unless I'm talking about the police. Oh, I see you in the <laughs> By the way, I am not gay, but I would have sex with Sting. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? All right, number three. Which of the following players were not sent to the Denver Nuggets in the New York Knicks trade for Carmelo Anthony? Was it A, Nate Robinson, B, Wilson Chandler, C, Raymond Felton, or D, Danilo Gallinari? Oh, C, Raymond Felton. Too easy. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Oh, it's A. Oh, it's A. Oh, it doesn't matter now. You said, and you oh, even, it's A. You, oh. even, you even did that too easy. That's too easy. Yeah, it's A. Yeah, well. Well, that was a stupid trade, and Donnie Walsh didn't want to do it. The Knicks made him do it. They could have signed Carmelo the next year as a free agent, and it ruined the whole franchise. Get oh, okay. no. Yeah, that was Dolan. Stupid. Yep. All he right. got involved. Two for three. You need two more to win the game. You got to win, uh, win out here. Here we go, number four. What journalist was dismissed from MLB Network in January of 2022 for his criticism of Commissioner Rob Manfred? Oh, yeah, they got rid of somebody. That give was you the same. I, I, I gave Greg a hand. He wears a bow tie. No, no, he, he worked at Fox before that. I like him a lot. Uh, he's been on my shows a million times. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, I can see him right now. Don't don't say anything to me. Um, give me his initials. Don't say anything. Uh, judge, uh, he gave you the bow tie. Yeah, I know. I can see him. Rosenfeld, Rosens. Uh, oh, come on. It's a rose in something. I, uh, uh, Ken Rosenfeld. Yeah. No, that's, 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 yeah, that's not his name. What's his name again? Ken Rosenthal. Oh, whatever. Okay. All right, you lost. Anyways, number five. Yeah. Well, his parents care. What do you mean, who cares? Yeah. Good point, Lou. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. His parents care. Even, even Ken, Kenneth would have flown. Uh, you know. Where's our son, Ken Rosenberger? Yeah. Uh... Rosenberger. Here we go. Number five. In January 2021, which historical drama became Netflix's highest rated show? It, it, it was a historic. It's a true story? Yeah. And it was January 2021. Well, I don't know if it's a true story, but it's a, it's a historical uh, iteration. And it was Netflix's number one show? Yeah. Give me a hint. Um, well, I don't know a lot about this show, but uh, I guess... Don't look at me. I, I don't know it either. I guess so. it's, it starts with a B. It's, 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 it starts with a B. Bridgerton. Which I did watch. All right. Danielle. Well, you ended on a high note. You still lost the game. Um, but that game is the Beat Sid game. I'm your host, Justin Alec. Greg, we've so, got the big man here, Sydney. Thank you. So he gets the money now, this guy? Yeah. Oh, it was good. 3-3, hey. wasn't it? Yeah, Greg, congratulations. You won the money. Was it 3-3? No, no, uh, no, it's 3-3. You didn't get the money. Did they tie? I think, yeah. I guess they tied. I didn't get the hint of a letter B for that. No, uh, he, Greg's right. You gave me the letter. Greg, that's you want, true. Yeah, that's Justin, true. you're a bad that's guy. True. That's true. You're right, Greg. Greg, we're giving, right. you, we're giving you the money. Good stuff. I can use it all. I can use it. I'm going to use it for gas money. How's that? That's fine. It's 50 bucks. I mean, gas Great. money works. Get two gallons. Yeah. Do you know Eric Spitz and uh, Steve Cohen in Cortland Manor? Spitz actually is around, lives around the corner for me. Is so that right? He does as well. He does, yeah. Wow. Small world. Wow. And what do you do for a living? I'm curious. I'm in uh, real estate, real estate in- industry. Oh, okay, cool. I move, uh, move sand and lay bricks. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's funny. He's kidding. No, he's I know. Kidding. What he, I, I got it. Yes. <laughs> well, Greg, thank you for listening. Thank you for. I need this guy to tell me he's kidding. Jesus. Well, uh, I, some, I don't know with you. Somebody. I mean, yeah. I, things I, go over your head like no, uh, UFOs and whatnot. Sure. Uh, Greg, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you very much. A question. You have a question? I was gonna say if you guys, you guys should consider doing like WABC and having. A uh, getting little posters or something people could put on the front lawns that says voting has consequences. I think you would sell those out left and right. No, you're right about that. No, you're right about that. And we do claim that all the time on these shows, especially me and Bernie. 
voting does have consequences, and we're seeing that now maybe more than ever. It's not a bad idea, Greg. We'll take it to the marketing department. Thank you very much. We'll take a short break and wrap up the week right here on Bernie and Sid right after these words. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, perfect time to Wang Chung. Big weekend coming up for the Rosenbergs. Going to work on the new house. My sister, Ray Sherry, brother Albert are going to come by on Sunday. And Joe Esposito, former chief of police, who we love dearly, who lost his beautiful wife, tragically, last month, uh, recommended a, a restaurant that a buddy of his owns that we're going to go to on Sunday night. So thank you for that, Joe. Uh, thanks again to Bo Dietl for last night. That was an amazing night. Vinny Viola and uh, the DeMeo guys and uh, the whole crew. That was great. Mike Mortucci as well, and my beautiful wife, Danielle. And, uh, of course, Joe Nunziata, the other king of Williamsburg. You've got Vinny Viola and Joe Nunziata, the two kings of Williamsburg. Joe had a great table last night, too, Joe. It was great to see you. You guys were amazing this week. Not good, great. Evidence by record-breaking numbers right here in the Bernie and Sid. So, so thank you very much 